Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is, huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone, and happy hump day on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It's 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with the us. The number of the day. Really hops and kicks. The number of the day is... Six. Good morning, CD. How you doing? I'm doing better than the blues. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well too. Uh, yeah, the number of the day is six. It's, it's a it's a tough one, Randy. Yeah, things not going great. Yeah, no, um, not really. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have better. an answer. We've had better here. Yeah, the, the the answer is ten. The the answer is they just aren't good enough. Okay. And that's they, they traded their guys. They, this they, is to be expected. They kind of set us up. They they told us that yeah. this was a. The possibility, the probability. Yeah, Connor Bedard is out there. Oh, Randy, don't Number talk like that now. I'm, I'm going to get some like people that. excited, Randy. Don't do it. Uh, i got to talk like that. All We're right. going to talk to uh, Blues forward Robert Thomas coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. He's going to be, be with us at 8.45. Donnie Abraham, the defensive coordinator for your St. Louis Battlehawks at the bottom of this hour. And then our buddy Dan Deardorff will join us at 9.15, double D. One of uh, the best friends of the late, great Conrad Dobler, and I just wanted to get Dan on for story time about Conrad, because Dan is extraordinarily entertaining, Conrad was extraordinarily entertaining, and Dan will have some great stories about him. But let's get things started with your St. Louis Blues, who did fall last night at the hands of the uh, Seattle Kraken. The Blues did not, as we were hoping, get Kraken. They didn't. No. So here we are. Uh, oh, that's we, we should also point out. Happy March. Yes. First day of March. Yeah. March first. Yeah. March. Woo. I don't know if there's a uh, like there's May Day. I don't know if there's. Is this? Wonder when the Ides of March are. The uh, uh, text line three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. The fourth. Sixth to the fourteenth. Ah. I'm blanking on it. The Ides of March. I really, I really should know this. Um, yeah, this is this is this yep. is stuff that I'm supposed to be. Uh, you guys went. I'm to supposed school. to be the, the one we lean on here. Oh, because you went to CBC. Ones. Is this a religious? <laughs> no, if I'm going to be the if I'm going to be the the nerd, it's uh, okay. Wednesday, March 15th. I was off by a day. March 15th. March 15th. The Ides of March upon so us. You, so you got to watch out on the 16th because I'm pretty sure that's when that's when they stabbed him. Oh yeah. Who? Etu Brute. Uh, Caesar. Oh, okay. That's what the Ides of March are all Brute. about. Yeah. Jules. <laughs> you know, hell of, hell of a salad. Oh, he was I give, give him props for that. He's a, a great salad. Yeah, Caesar salad. Not, not named after the Roman emperor. No, it's not. Caesar salad is named after the chef who invented it at the Waldorf in Mexico, whose first name okay. was in fact Caesar. 
And he actually stole the idea from his brother. There's a great dog guy named Caesar Mian. He, I think he's that's awesome. C-E-S-A-R. Right? He, he is, is awesome. He is awesome. Yeah, Caesar Mian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the media guy, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Dan Caesar. Yes. So there's a lot of guys out there that have a salad named after him. <laughs> Just thought I'd let you know. Everyone gives that one. Confused. So now you know. Now, now you know the salad the named after just just a regular Mexican guy. Sorry. You know, I told the story back in the day. And we're going to lose loss of Billiken's loss. So I got I get 30 seconds for a story. So uh, when I started in radio many, many moons ago, there was a guy named John McCormick who was the man that walks and talks at midnight. And he did midnight to five in the morning. <laughs> Real skinny guy. Might have weighed up 130 pounds. Okay. Six foot, 130 pounds. Maybe he should have walked and talked in an earlier time of the day. He <laughs> would sit in a studio at midnight with only a little reading light on, no other lights in the studio, and he didn't wear a shirt. Hmm. <laughs> he would give the world weather. It's 63 <laughs> degrees in Berlin. It is 57 in London this morning in Paris. And he would do it like... The city of love, it's 57 degrees. He would do like 13, 14, 15 different city names. And then at the end, when he had given you the weather and information, he would say, so now you know via radio. <laughs> so that's where I stole that from, was from the, the late, great John McCormick, the man who walked and talked at midnight. So there you I, go. I prefer to steal it from uh, network shows from the early 2000s mm-hmm. and just go the more you know and draw my draw yeah, my hand in a little in, in a curve like there you go yeah. those yeah. stupid PSAs <laughs> so last night at Enterprise Center the Blues actually held Seattle scoreless for 9 minutes and 30 seconds before Seattle Morgan Geeky his sixth of the year and it's a one nothing lead in favor of Seattle but the Blues come back in the second period actually playing pretty well defensively and our guy ties the game Thomas brings it in shorthanded he shoots he scores comes up the left wing and like Geeky's goal in the first from the near circle Thomas beats Jones and the shorthanded goal ties the game at one and we're feeling pretty good at that point but a minute 46 later Seattle scores to take the lead but before the second period was out the Blues were able to tie it again over to Letty he'll clear it out send it ahead side one man to beat that's done he does he scores Side on Jones. We're tied 2 2. 10.57 to play, second period. But before the second period was out, Geeky would score his second of the night. Jamie Alexiak scored midway through the third period. Pavel Buchnevich got a late one for the Blues, and then Tanev with an empty netter for Seattle. And they win it by a score of 5 3. But coach, not too overly distraught by this one. We're a good game. I mean, I thought we were the better team after two periods. Um, third period, we, we spent a little bit too, too much time on our end, and they got that fourth goal. <clears throat> um, battled back and made it a one-goal game. Power play didn't help us out enough. It's like, you know, it's we got to get that going. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not contributing. Power play not contributing. Coach a little bit more chipper than he was last Thursday, though. Yeah, he is. He 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 probably felt a little bit better about you know the the play last time, uh, last loss. He was very very frustrated a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks last week. He was a little frustrated with the effort and the ability to of the best players of their team, the mm-hmm. better players of the team, not playing to the level that they needed to. Randy, right now they're zero for twenty two on the power play. Yeah, terrible in their six game losing streak. It is probably the main. 
reason I guess you could you could point your finger at as to why they're losing these games, just not taking advantage when they have a, a man advantage. They, they're struggling mightily, and I don't know if it's because of the trades, trying to figure out who who goes where, uh, trying to implement all of these new players or or bringing players that haven't had these opportunities to play these minutes in those roles. I don't know if that's what's causing it, but they have to figure out a way to get the puck in the net uh, when they have a man advantage in the power play. And one of the other things they have to to get, if they aren't going to score on the power play, is certain players, best players, have to be better five on five. And Tori Krug, uh, a, a minus three last night. Jordan Cairo, a minus three last night. The the five on five play of some of these guys is alarming. Uh, another minus three from uh, from Tyler Pitlick. So you have to, as coach says, everybody, hey, this is sports. Your best players have to be your best players. And if they aren't, then you're in trouble. Yeah, the last five games, Jordan Cairo doesn't have a point. He's yeah. minus 33 on the season. He's minus 11 in those last five games. I don't know when 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 uh, Barubi was talking about our better players have to play much better than they are. I don't know if he was pointing out specific guys. Those guys in the locker room know who he was referring mm-hmm. to. We don't necessarily know. We can assume, but Jordan Cairo is probably one of those guys that needs to play better. He's he has so much talent. You see the skill set, um, but you 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 need to see the production. And here's the thing about being a professional athlete: it doesn't matter how good you are on paper. Eventually, you have to show it night in and night out, and that's what raises. That's when you become you know a pro to being an all star to becoming a superstar. I think we all believe that Jordan Cairo has superstar talent, but he has to show it every single night. He, he, and if it's not taking place, there's a there's a level of frustration that can set in. We watched last night. Uh, Kapanen looked like a very good hockey mm-hmm. player. He, he made did. a few plays. He stopped and made that spin and, and took a shot on goal. Those are what you expect from elite players, and those are the type of plays that that you feel that a Jordan Cairo should be making. We're still waiting on it, and and until he decides or until he's able to make those plays, they're going to struggle. Jordan Cairo is probably, I think we've learned it already, he's not going to be the guy who drives the bus. But he can't be sitting in the back seat of the bus either. He can't be sitting in that very back row. At the very worst, he's got to be in the middle or towards the front of the bus. He's sitting in the back right now. He is the the student in the back that's uh, shooting spit wads right now. (laughs) You remember remember MapQuest, Randy? Mm -hmm. You had to print out all of these papers. He needs to have the paper. He needs to have the map in his hands. And he may not drive, but he needs to be navigating, telling us where to turn and turn here, stop here. He, He needs to be able to do that. And right now, as you said, he's not he's not even he's he's probably in the middle of the bus just hanging out shooting the breeze with the guys. And and if you are what we expect you to be, you're gonna have to step your game up a little bit. The Rangers traded Patrick Kane or got Patrick Kane from Chicago for a conditional 23 second rounder that could become a first next year if the Rangers make the conference finals. They also get a fourth rounder in 25 and co- uh, prospect Cooper Zesh. So Patrick Kane on his way to the Rangers, joining his former line mate in Chicago, Artemi Panarin, and also probably relegating Vladimir Tarasenko to second line Ooh. status. How does that work for him? Yeah, he's not... Well, he, you don't like to play better. Yeah. Vladdy has not been great for them. Well, 
You know, he wasn't really great here either. No, and there are, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what what happens on Friday at the trade deadline, Kerry. All the trades have been made. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody that was a big name, I think, has been moved already. Yeah, I, I think I agree. We uh, we've been talking about maybe a few more players here, maybe going somewhere, maybe getting something in return. But I think they're pretty set in in what they have at this point. They got to figure out how to play together and how to find a way to win a game. Yep. A couple of other notes: Arenado and Goldie with homers yesterday. Cards over the Nationals 5-3. to three. Matthew Libertor, two perfect innings. Gordon Graceffo had two shutout one-hit innings. And uh, the Billikens lost last night mm. 79-67 to VCU. They led 35-31 at halftime. They drew within four with four minutes left out. Scored 16-8 after that. The Billikens are not great closers. Not good closers. And they fall to VCU 79-67. They'll, they still got a chance to be a double buy team, but they've got to beat Dayton on Friday night at home. That, that chance is slimming yeah. day by day, it, it, loss by loss. They're, they're, they were in the front seat. They were in the driver's seat about three weeks ago. They were 7-1 and one in the yeah, conference, they, and, and, and now they're 9-7. They, they, uh, they have fallen pretty badly the last few, few weeks. Now we're off and running here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Kerry, Matthew, and Randy coming up. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That number is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! So what plans do you have for March, huh? What do you got going on? You going to ask somebody out on a date? You need maybe a suggestion on asking somebody out on a date? Maybe a suggestion on where to take somebody for the first date. We know love is in the air because it's March. You need to ask Uncle Randy next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. It's time for Ask Uncle Randy. Hope your text is in. If not, get it in right now. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Yeah, if you have a a question, Ask Uncle Randy's ready to help you out right now on 101 ESPN. All right, what do we got? Uncle Randy, I get to go to spring training game for the first time. Other than the game, is there anything to know about Jupiter or Rogers Dean Stadium? Any good food vendors I have to hit? You can't go wrong with any seafood place in Jupiter. There's also some great beachfront properties. I will text Brad Thompson to remember the name of the the beachfront restaurant that we go to. And I'll try to have that. But uh, you, you really can't go wrong in the Jupiter area. The beach is fabulous there. Don't, by the way, fall asleep on one of the lounges if you don't have a cover. That has happened. And that causes sometimes the, the bubbling of the back of the legs. And sitting on a vinyl chair is very uncomfortable if you, mm. if you, do, if you, if you get a sunburn. So use the sunscreen. But uh, otherwise, Juno Beach Cafe is great on A1A for breakfast. Go to the Juno Beach Cafe. But like I said, you can't go wrong with any of the restaurants in Jupiter. And it's cool just to hang out around the ballpark. There's a little mall facility across the street from Roger Dean Stadium. Just have a great time right around the ballpark. 
makes sense. This is for actually cousin Carrie okay. and Uncle Randy. My son will be a senior next year, and he said he doesn't want to play football but wants to focus on wrestling. He's played football since the fifth grade, and I don't want him to regret his decision. We know he doesn't want to play because he's not going to start at middle linebacker, and the coach wants to move him to O-line. Do I make him play? Well, I, I think it's tough. Football is a sport that it, it is tough to make someone play because you, you have to be all involved, all engaged to, to participate in it. If you aren't and you're a player, you, you, you're you going to get hurt or you could get hurt. So I, I wouldn't say force them to play. I would try to you know get them to understand that being part of the team is, is a, a great thing. And if you are want to play middle linebacker but have an opportunity to start on the offensive line because that's what's best what's best for the team and probably what's best for for you going forward I, I would say really give that a shot listen to your coach coaches generally know what's going to help the team in the best manner and um, you know if you aren't playing middle linebacker it's probably because they think someone's better than you and if you want to play middle linebacker then you have to go out there and show them that you are better than the person that they have slated to play that position and as far as I can tell, only bad things can happen if somebody is made to play football. Yeah, it's not good. I, I had a parent text me the other day, can I force my son to play football? Can I sign him up? I said, you can. I, I, if he doesn't come to practice, I can't, you know, I'm not going to chase him around the school to find him. I, I want kids that want to be involved and, and want to be a part of it. Um, you know, it, it's it's the only way they're going to enjoy the, the, the entire process of it. If they are Engaged, if they're involved and they want to be there. If they don't want to be there, then it's a it's a tough task to get them to to buy into exactly what you're asking them to asking them to do. When my son was a JV player, he probably weighed 185, 190 pounds, and he's going against Anthony Gotti, who wound up going to Mizzou, 200, you know, six six, two eighty. And Patrick is a scout team defensive end, just getting thrown down into the mud every single play. But he loved it. It's one of his favorite memories. Yeah, man. If you're if you're a wrestler and you have the if you have the wherewithal and the will to cut weight and things like that the wrestlers have to do win that middle linebacker job kid why are you give it up now i mean heck you gotta you you're, you're you're probably one heck of an athlete go win it go win the middle linebacker job yeah i, I mean or heck you only play one linebacker what scheme your offensive playing go play outside linebacker you're a wrestler you're you're cut man you you know how to cut weight like come on now if he's if he's playing offensive line i don't know the size I mean, the biggest, size of yeah, the kid he's big, but um still. you know he might be a big kid i don't know what what class they're playing in either he might be you know, 225 pounds playing offensive line. I had some linemen that were were smaller than me in high school, so you know that that comes with it. So, yeah. but you know, I would just say if, if if your heart is is set at middle linebacker, if you aren't the starter to start the season or start you know off season practice, go out there and earn it every single day. Do your job, know what you're supposed to do, and show that you're the best person for the position. I'm surprised this kid's gonna be outworked if you're like, no, my backup's wrestling. Those kids work. Insanely hard. Wrestlers like are on, a different breed. Putting on trash mm-hmm. bags and sitting in a sauna for four hours. I don't have the willpower for that. Uh, Uncle Randy, my wife says that we never have a date night, which isn't completely true. Do you have any date I- date ideas for under eighty bucks? Sure. Movie theaters are open again. Find a movie that you both like. That would be fun to do. Uh, you can do so many things in our area. They have that new putt shack over at the. Uh, not not the foundry. What's the one on the other side? The uh, St. Louis City, whatever it is. Armory? <laughs> Armory. No, no, Armory. Yeah, the foundry. The putt check is at the foundry. There yeah. you go. Uh, that's a great place to hang out, have an inexpensive dinner, and then just uh, go play some putt-putt golf. You can do that. Top golf is always good if you're a golfer. You can 
uh, go, depending, well, date nights, okay, so you aren't going to do date days, but you do have the free zoo here in St. Louis, yeah, which no, even it, adults do, can do hang it, out. Do a Saturday date. That's yeah. that's the thing. Like, you gotta you got to mix it up a little bit. Every, everyone's waiting for you. Oh, 7.30 p.m. on Saturday night, every time. That gets a little bit boring. Do something at 12.30. I know it's tough, because there's always a sporting event on at 12.30 on a Saturday afternoon. Yep. It's tough, but sometimes you got to burn the afternoon on, on, on your loved ones. Thank you, Uncle Matthew. There you go. You're welcome. I'm just, I'm just, you know. <laughs> Hey, I, 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 I'm young, but I, I picked up a little bit in my day. I picked up a little bit in my day. Uh, we got a long one here, Randy. I okay, go back I'll, I'll pay attention it. then. Uh, yes, because uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shorten this a little bit. Um, all right, so. This guy has a, he had an addiction that he's been over, but his wife still doesn't trust him. So he says, I get frustrated when I have to throw out empty threats of divorce to make a point, and I usually regret it later in our arguments. In short, she doesn't trust me even on things I can prove are true, and I'm getting to the point where I don't care if she trusts me or not, and if there's no way to get her trust back. She's told me that I can build up trust by periodically checking in with her to tell her that I'm not that I'm not struggling with my addiction anymore, which I'll admit has been a struggle because I don't know how to say, quote unquote, I didn't screw up today. I'm sure I'm a big part of the problem and I don't want a divorce, but I don't want to walk on eggshells for the next 30 to 50 years. We also have three kids. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? The first thing that came to mind, and I know it's tough for a lot of guys, is get together with a therapist. Get both people together with a therapist to try to restore the trust. He did say he went to counseling already to to fix his addiction, but she still doesn't trust him 100%. But she needs to go with him. They need to go together. Uh, And yes, going and getting counseling for his addiction is great. And hey, I appreciate the battle that you're dealing with because thousands of people are dealing with it. And you have to keep in mind, too, Look at it from her perspective. If if this happened, and it's not your fault, it's an illness, but if it happened two, three, four times, you can understand the attitude of once burned, twice shy. Look at it from her perspective. But my recommendation would be keep doing everything you can to gain her trust and ask her if she'll go see a therapist with you so perhaps you can get on the same page in terms of those trust issues that you're dealing with. That's a that's yeah. Trust issues are, are, are the toughest part because mm-hmm. there's there's got to be a point w- where if a person's never going to trust you again, then I don't I don't really know what where you go from there. Yeah, and by the way, uh, it's uh, I, I think emotionally it's really difficult to not do it, but throwing out the the empty divorce threats. Yeah. I think if you're going to play that card, you better be thinking about yeah. it. And I think for him, you know, whatever the addiction is, going through the addiction is tough enough. Um, you know, and, and battling that because when you when you have an addiction, it's an everyday battle. People mm-hmm. don't see it, but it's an everyday battle trying to uh, not do the thing that you are addicted to or working towards being the better person that you you want to be. And I think the frustration for this person is just having to constantly be reminded of it. So I, I like you said, I think going to therapy, having a, having a conversation, maybe not threatening her with divorce, but hey, every time you say that. It triggers my my addiction or my need to do the thing that I was once addicted to. So can we find a way, some kind of middle ground where you're not? You, I will work towards being more open and honest and having those discussions. Can you work towards being more willing to trust and not a- accusing me every time you feel like something is coming up? People are having some some trouble with the date nights. Uncle Randy, I have three kids and a fourth on the way. Me and my fiance can't ever seem to have a date night or go or a night to just go out because my fiance doesn't like to ask for a babysitter to watch all three kids. What do we do with this? 
I, I would hope that at least there are parents that you could have watched the kids. I get if you don't want to trust a babysitter, but there should be a trustworthy babysitter around. How much do babysitters make these days, by the way? Um, what was it like twenty dollars an hour? Okay, still. So yeah, three. I think so. So I was getting paid that three like hours. Oh six. You know what? If, if it's not. Can, I mean, it's not fifty dollars an hour. Okay. Who's gonna pay a babysitter a buck fifty? So, but the the point here is that babysitters aren't trusted by the fiance, and I don't know how far along she is in her pregnancy. But here's my suggestion: is to at least get a couple of hours of alone time, and just go out and have a dinner together and talk to each other across the table, just so that you can. Take that deep breath and not have the stresses that you deal with with having young kids around all the time. I do think that you need you need some adult time together, and I think that's the best way to pitch it to her. And if there's not a person that uh, you trust, like a, a parent or a sister or brother or something, that could watch the kids for two or three hours, then see if you can convince her. Say, hey, it'll only be a couple of hours. You can call in every half hour if you want, but I just want to spend some time individually with you. I, that would be my suggestion. We've got multiple texts that just say, three kids and a fourth on the way. Clearly, you guys are finding some alone time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, and Uncle Randy, a close friend of mine, is going to be proposing to his soon-to-be fiance. Fingers crossed. What is the best idea for a proposal? You have to be convenient. You can't get that from Uncle Randy. You're convenient. You, you have to be... Unique. You have yeah. to think think of that one yourself. I don't know where it's going to take place. I don't know where you want to go. But you have to do something that is unique to you and you too as a couple. Yeah. I would say because some, you know, what works for one couple might not work for another. You know, some couples might want to be at the baseball game, have it come over the scoreboard and, hey, will you marry me? And someone might say, oh, that's a bit much. I don't want to do all that. So you got to find out what your significant other uh, likes, doesn't like and, and go about it that way. Michelle Smallman always said that she would say no if yeah. somebody did a proposal I on the scoreboard. I have never really? met a woman yeah. in my life who is not adamant that they would say no, hate it, and freak out if a guy proposed on the Jumbo mm. Trotter game. I've never met a woman in my life who wouldn't hate it. Which is why every time I see it, I'm like, did they check with her first? Because that, in my experience, is a bad idea. Yeah, I've got a couple quick ones here. We're going to get to Donnie Abraham, the defensive coordinator of the Battlehawks. Uh, I've got two, though. Dear Uncle Randy, Cousin Kerry, what excuse should I give my boss on the NCAA opening yes. Thursday and Friday so I can stay home and watch the games? I don't know how old you are. I don't know where you are in your life station. But the NCAA tournament week is the number one week for vasectomies. Is it? Where you just go home and sit on a pack of ice and watch the games on Thursday and Friday. So that's the best. Have it done on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And you retire the fishes, but still. It's a, it's a good way to go. If you aren't in that realm where you're ready to retire from that phase of life, then my suggestion is you just tell the truth because bosses all know. Yeah. You just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go watch the NCAA tournament. I missed a couple of days. I, I'll see you on Monday. Yeah. It'll be okay. And then the other one was somebody said, Uncle Randy, why do you say great all the time? And the reason I do is because, and he said, I, you just said it three times in 30 seconds. Life is great. And I work with great people. I have a great job. I love you. You are great. And the reason that I use great is because it's apropos as I use it. Because we have a great show and we have great listeners. And I thank you for tuning in. And you are great.
There we go. That's us. Ask Uncle Randy. Next up, the Battlehawks back in action this weekend trying to get to 3-0. and We're going to talk to their defensive coordinator, Donnie Abraham, next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hackman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It is the Open Live on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, and your St. Louis Battlehawks will take their 2-0 record into Washington, D.C. on Sunday to take on the Defenders. It's a noon start, and you'll be able to watch that game on ESPN. And here uh, joining us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is the defensive coordinator for the Battlehawks, Donnie Abraham. The defense has played great so far. Donnie, thanks so much for joining us here on 101. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Hi, thanks for having me on. Uh, first things first here, before we get to the Battle Hawks, uh, did Bert Emanuel catch that pass? Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. You, 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 know it's, uh, you know he caught it when you got to change the rule for it, you know? So that's the Bert Emanuel rule. So that, that was a completion, you know. Me, me and Ricky still go at each other about that a little bit, you know. But that that was definitely a catch. That's great. Great to have you with us. Hey, congratulations on the start of your defense too. You've been you, your crew has been playing great so far. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we we're still a, a work in progress, but but the guys are playing hard hard for us. Um, you know, we we're able to. Uh, you know, one of our biggest things is points allowed and stuff. So we we've been doing a pretty good job in in the red zone, just making them kick field goals. And anytime you can do that, you can hang around and stay in the game. So. Still got a lot of work to do, but but uh, uh, proud and excited of the way the guys are at this point of the year, uh, and we just got to keep pushing forward. Yeah, Donnie, I was going to talk about that. You all are, are allowing sixteen and a half points a game. Everyone has been focused solely on on the the offense and the comebacks, but they forget how that defense is allowing you all to stay in games. What are you all doing that is allowing you all to to, to be in those games and having your offense get a chance at the end of games to actually win it? Well, we well we just you know you, you got the bend but don't break mentality and 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 so far that's what we've been kind of doing a little bit. 
uh, but we got to do for us, we got to do a better job of getting off the field. Uh, you know, our first game, we had 83 plays. We did come back, you know, the second game having 50 plays. So, you know, one of the biggest stats defense, I mean, it's, you can look at run, you can look at pass, but it's, it's how many points are you allowing the offense to have? And we've been doing a good job with that so far, uh, but we, we definitely have to do a better job of, of getting ourselves off the field so, you know, and getting our offensive ball back as many chances as we can. Badlocks defensive coordinator Donnie Abraham with us on 101 ESPN. Donnie, you mentioned that it's a work in progress. How much fun is it for you to build this defense from the ground up, literally from nothing to developing a unit? Yeah, it's fun and stressful. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you don't you don't have off season with the guys. You don't have OTAs. You don't have mini camps. Uh, you know, you you have a five week camp and then you jump right into the season. No preseason games or anything. So it, it's exciting. Uh, you really don't know what you have until you start playing games. Uh, you know, so it's definitely a challenge, but it is exciting. Uh, you know, love love the guys. They're they're giving us everything they have. Effort's been good. Uh, energy's been good. So that's the fun part about it. Hey, you have uh, played on some great defenses, had some great teammates. Rondé Barber, your teammate, just got uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. What have you learned from your time playing on that great defense in Tampa that has allowed you to, to share with your guys that you have with the Battlehawks? Yeah, I, I mean, I played on, you know, great defense, you know, probably one of the top five in, in the history of the NFL. And, you know, one thing I, I always preach and talk about to our guys is great defenses, one thing that they do have is, is accountability. You know, every, everybody's accountable to each other. Uh, everybody's making sure that they're doing their job. Uh, and, and that's huge. Uh, so you got to have that accountability with each other. You got to have that mentality um, that you can play great defense. I know the different age now, everything is built for the offense, uh, but you can still play some solid defense, and that's what we're focused on. How much different is the XFL player from the NFL player? Uh, I won't say it's a, it's a big difference. It, it's a lot of, of guys uh, maybe needing a little bit more development, a little bit more playing time. Uh, you know, you, you're you're working with guys who played a lot in college. Now, when they come get to the NFL, they they now they may now become a backup. They don't play as much, uh, so they really can't continue to develop. So, I, I just think it's guys who just need the opportunity to play more. You know, you the more you play, the better you get, the better you can develop, and 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 that's what the guys in this league are doing. Hey, Coach, I want to shift gears a little bit and go to your time in Tampa because that was, you know, watching that defense play, you got Hall of Famers throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Simeon Rice a Hall of Famer? I, You know, it, it's, it's a tough question. I mean, it's, I, I think he, he has everything, the criteria for it. Uh, he has the stats for it. Uh, the, the Hall of Fame now is it, it, tough because it's, it's – do guys get in from stats or do guys get in from actual name? Do guys get in for their play, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but based on where the, the Hall of Fame is now, I, I would say yes, you know? Uh, and, and I could be a little biased because he's my teammate. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm biased because biased he's in the line eye. So, yes, I, I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Well, and Donnie, I think the other thing is, and we've heard this about Torrey Holt with the Rams. The Rams have 
Isaac in, they've got Marshall in, they've got Orlando, they've got Kurt. Uh, and there are actually Hall of Fame voters that rather than look at the accomplishments of an individual, they say, oh, that team has enough guys in. And that's ridiculous, obviously, but right. that's part of right. what guys that have Hall of Fame resumes are dealing with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, they, they're dealing with a lot now because I, I you know, it, it's tough. Like you said, it, it, it's opinions, it's, uh, like you said, they may already have enough on there, so we don't need to put any more. Uh, you know, in Rondé Barber's case, he had all the stats. He had everything. Should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it took him, you know, too long to get in. Uh, you know, so there's it, a lot of variables in it. Uh, you know, so it's, it's tough. It's tough. Hey, Donnie, I don't know if they told you down there in Dallas, but – the dome has opened up another level. So the bottom level is going to be completely full. The 300 level now, they're selling tickets. How much can the crowd here in St. Louis benefit your defense? Man, that's that that's the energy there. You know, it, the team feeds off that energy from the crowd. And, and everything I've learned about this league from 2020 and seeing the St. Louis fans, that they love their football. You know, so we got to make sure we're ready to go. We got to make sure we... Uh, get ready for this week versus D.C., uh, and, and then after that, we got to get ready for our home crowd because they're going to be excited to see us. We're going to be excited to see them. Uh, and the team feeds off that energy, so we know they're going to have the energy ready, so we have to be ready as well. Hey, Donnie, we uh, we talk to coaches all, all often, and they talk about ambient players, players that, that you don't get any sleep the, the week that you have to face them. In, against the DC, D.C. defenders this week, or what, what players are you looking at that you're going to have to lock in on and make sure that they don't make any big plays? Man, the what DC does well is their their running game. Mm-hmm. I mean they they they're gonna run they're gonna run the ball, uh, you know, and we have to be weary of that. We have to understand that. Uh, you know, they have a two quarterback system, uh, so we we definitely have to be ready. Uh, you know, when the quarterbacks come in, that both of them can run pretty well, uh, but but they're they're pretty special when King comes in the game. You know. Uh, you know, both quarterbacks do a good job. Uh, you got to have a plan for those guys. Um, but when King comes in the game, they bring a different element to it. So, yeah, those those two guys, you you know, you kind of lose some sleep over. You know, uh, <laughs> trying to prepare for those guys. But we we have to do a good job. We have to be disciplined, uh, and then that's what good defenses do. So we have to make sure we continue to improve. Like I said, we're still a work in progress, but. Uh, you know, we, we just have to make sure that we're taking care of our assignments and doing our job. Well, Donnie, the St. Louis sports fan base is really buzzing about the Battle Hawks. Looking forward to this game this weekend against D.C. and then you guys coming home. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and hopefully we can talk again soon. Uh, thanks for having me on at any time. You bet. Take care. That's Donnie Abraham, defensive coordinator for your St. Louis Battle Hawks. By the way, C.D., He paused, right? Donnie Abraham paused, and he played with Simeon Rice. Mm -hmm. Simeon Rice finished, he's 30th all-time with 122 sacks. I think the unfortunate (laughs) comp is Leslie O'Neill, who had 132 and a half. And the perception that Simeon Rice didn't play the run, I'm sure, hurts him in the room, too. He was one of the, 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 probably one of the most freakish athletes 
regardless of position to to play in the NFL. This man was a large human being that could bend and get around the corner and go get the quarterback and make plays in a defense that is a championship defense that has multiple Hall of Famers, Warren Sapp, Derrick Brooks, John Lynch, Rondé Barber. You you got multiple Hall of Famers, and I I just felt like what he brought to that defense allowed them to become a championship team and and definitely is part of should be a part of the Hall of Fame. Were you in college with him? No, he's okay. he's older than me. Okay. Yep. I was just wondering, he looked to me like a natural pass rusher. There's yep. some guys that just look like they don't even need to be coached. Yeah. They they can go get the quarterback and he looked to me like one of those guys. Usually guys that got long arms, arms and legs, guys that can stand up and scratch their knees. Those are the yeah. guys that you think can can get to the quarterback. <laughs> hey, Ray, Rock, yeah. when you see it, you no, know like because that. I, I <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've known for years, you know, the av- av- average wingspan is your fingertips are about halfway down your thigh. So yeah. if you have a guy who can literally stand there and scratch his knees, yeah. it means he's got a longer wingspan than average. Yep. He's a freak athlete, too. And Simeon Rice, I mean, the, the guy's an absolute monster. But, in, I mean, talk to anybody who ever runs that Tampa 2 defense. You need pass rushing, and just having Warren Sapp's not going to be enough. Yeah. You have to have somebody from the outside. And like I said, I think he gets held back because there were so many other great players on that defense that people think, well, he wasn't that big of a part of oh, their greatness. Yeah. Oh, he, he was, was a he was. Huge yep. part. He was a dominant <laughs> pass rusher. Coming up, take it or leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Your take it or leave it. Next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. show are you guys putting on here today? I don't know. It's hump day. Hump day. Carrie, hump Randy, day. Yeah. Uh, CD, Radar Online reporting that Tom Brady wants to pursue a career in stand-up comedy. <laughs> but his inner circle has tried to talk him out of it. Brady, oh, please yeah, yeah, let he, him do it. He's trying to add humor to his social media posts and has come across as a funny uh, guy, according to Radar Online. So he's delayed his start with Fox because he wants to A, win Giselle back, and B, become a stand-up comedian. Take it or leave it, you would buy a ticket to watch Tom Brady do stand-up. Oh, I would definitely buy a ticket to see that. I would too. It, it, it might be... It might be horrific. It might be one of those things that you're paying to watch the the, the accident take place. Like yeah, you, right. You're just there to watch it all go down. I I don't know how funny he is in real life. I've never met or sat down with Tom Brady. Uh, Peyton Manning is is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a funny guy. He's quick witted. He's he's got you know he's he gives you really good quips. He's he's a good. I don't know, but being a stand-up comedian is still a different animal in itself. Yes, you just can't. You have to be able to prepare yes. a show. Yes, Eli is really funny too, but I, I can't imagine listening to Eli for forty-five minutes. Eli would probably be a better stand-up comedian than his brother. I think he would because too because he has the dry, kind of dopey little mm-hmm. brother type yeah. of thing going on and he could play on that where he's just like yeah I, I don't know you know and everybody <laughs> right. would start laughing yeah. so I, I think but I, I would I would watch I would pay to watch yeah I would too the, the train wreck of Tom Brady being a stand up comedian or 
the greatness, one or the other. Either, Either way, or. the ticket price is going to be worth it. It would be. Randy, I, I'm looking at these numbers, and out of 741 NHL players, I'm looking at the plus minuses. And mm-hmm. on the minus end, on the on the, on the the bottom end, you have minus 33, you have minus 32, you have minus 31. 741, 740, 740, 739. Those are the bottom three players. Those three players, Jordan Cairo, Braden Shin, Tory Crew. Take it or leave it. You're not going to win many games if you're on the plus minus and on the minus end of it with three of your, your players that get a lot of time on the ice. Yeah, I'll take it. I would suggest that there's probably never been a Stanley Cup champion that had the bottom three plus yeah, minus guys I don't in the think league. So. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. We talk a lot about Kairou, but I mean, you got a couple of other guys on there that are. And and here's the thing Corey, <laughs> Tory Krug is on there with 42 games played at minus 31. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's the great. one if Army had it back. And by the way, I, I was. I, I didn't disagree with Doug Armstrong's approach with the, the Petrangelo Krug situation. I'll bet you if you could tell Doug Armstrong, you get one do over for your career, that would be really? the one. Yeah. And just give Petro the no movement and don't sign Krug. And I think things would have been dramatically different here. All right. What do we got on the old text line, Matthew? Take it or leave it. St. Louis City SC scores more goals than the Blues on Saturday. Oh. Who do the Blues City, play Saturday? Oh, City SC plays Charlotte. The Blues play. It is the Kings. Who just traded away their uh, goalie? Of, Quick was their backup. Yeah, he was their backup. Yeah, for the last. I three, will. Two, three you years. say the city city but scores the city more. Scores more. The team's I'll not happy, it. Randy. That's the point. The Kings team is not is not happy right now. After I that. don't right. care about that. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, you need a great GM, yeah, Randy. You got yeah. a, uh, a, a backup goalie. You got to you got to be. No, he's their starter. Uh, he, so. They are. They they might be unhappy, but they're still they're in a playoff spot right now, aren't they? Aren't the Kings? Uh, if the playoffs started today, and we still have a few a uh, few weeks left in the well, a month, a couple months left in the season, but yeah, they're second yeah. in their division. Yeah, they're you're second in their. So division. they're fine. Yeah. It's uh, sure they they might not be happy because 37 year old <laughs> Jonathan Quick, their backup goalie, got dealt, but. Uh, you know what? That's uh, what we call the business. It is, and uh, that happens. I would uh, love to see Randy as a GM. Like just his answer right there. Ah, deal with it. Whatever. He, he'd be a great GM. Hey guys, I made this decision. Rah, rah, you know, shut Ar- up and get to work. Ar- why don't you? Army lost his brother. I think he might be able to use it a, a new a, a new AGM. Hello. You play <laughs> to win the game. You don't play to just play it. <laughs> That's the great thing about sports. Uh, it's the greatest thing about sports. You get to compete. You get out there and compete. I really, uh, I, I am concerned with the feelings of the guys in the room. If the team is good, but if the team sucks or the guy isn't performing and I can be better, my job is to make my team better. Yeah. Take, yeah. it or, take it or leave it. You're down with watching Tom Brady's comedy routine as long as the same person who's writing his tweets is writing his jokes. Yeah, I'll take it. But you don't think he's writing his own tweets? No! Rock. Aren't the... There's no way. There's a 0% chance no. he's not Come paying on. someone okay. 10 times funnier, more clever, and no. poorer than him well, to write those tweets. Dude, why'd you have to throw poorer in Because there? it's a fact of the world. Because funnier people... Because ask Eddie, Mur- <laughs> poor, ask, poor people ask are Eddie, funnier. Ask Eddie Murphy. He was funnier when he was poorer. 
he would, he'll even admit it. He goes, I hit a certain point in my money. I say the same thing about rappers. I hit, I hit a certain point in my money where I can't. Yeah, because rappers, there's a level of talking. There's a level of money. There's a level of talking to your peers when yeah. you're when you're young as a rapper, and you can't do that when you're making billions unless you want to go full Gucci and just talk about chains the entire time. Nah, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, Gucci? Gucci Mane. <laughs> Gucci Mane. Oh, my, my apologies. I mean, Gucci, obviously, you're talking a lot about chains, but yeah, Gucci Mane. play by play guy for ESPN, right? On uh, a hockey play by play. Gucci Mane. I do love Gucci Cross. <laughs> uh, take it or leave it. The, the Blues will be minus not one, but two defensemen by Friday's trade deadline. Leave, leave it. it. I think I don't think one. I Nobody's think going there, anywhere. I don't think there is any more movement taking place. What's today? Wednesday? Yeah, two days. Uh, we haven't. Yeah, we knew what well, we kind we 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 expected. You know, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Barbie to, to 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 be moved. I don't know that we expect anyone else. No, and there was hope yesterday when Darren Drager reported that there was interest in Pareko on the part of the Edmonton Oilers, and then Edmonton goes out and trades for Ekholm, and he's six point two five million for the next three years. So, no, they are not. Uh, the, the Oilers are not trading for Colton Pareko. I would be surprised. I really would if the Blues were able to move any of those guys. Take it or leave it. Apparently, Jordan Walker's 6'6", 240 pounds. The Blues could use him more on the blue line than the Cardinals could right now. Yeah, I'll take oh, it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will he'd say have, this. I, he'd, have a big, he'd have a long stick. And he'd be like, now, Pareko out there. I give, I give credit where credit is due. Yesterday, they actually were hitting people. They were actually moving. They were they were playing. They, they Randy, they, you said this a few, uh, probably a month or so ago now. They played the best that they could play, yep. and that's all they can give you, and, and they lost. Last night was one of those games. That right? was one of those games. Yep. They played a, a very good game. There are players on the team that probably can play better, but as a team, I thought it was a really good game for them. Just not a, not going to be a win. And Coach, as we mentioned at the top of the show, he's pretty chipper about yeah. it, actually, yeah. because they did play well. And as Doug Armstrong said, it's not going to be based on wins or losses. No. It's based on now – how did you perform against the guy that you lined up against? And sometimes that guy is going to be better yeah. when the Blues are playing. That's going to happen a lot. Take it or leave it. All the sexual harassment wasn't going to do it, but Dan Snyder committing bank fraud against the rest of the NFL will be the final Take straw. Take that, yeah. Take it. Don't mess with my money. You can do I mean, Mess with people and humans all you want, but you yep. come for you, my cash. How dare you? There's a line, that, and, and they mm-hmm. draw it right there. Don't mess with any money. No. uh, Thank you, Matthew. (laughs) Thank you, Randy. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, your Cardinals are off to a roaring start down in Jupiter, Florida. Yesterday, it wasn't just your superstars, but you got some pretty good pitching that might be important. That's next on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Coming up on 8.05 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Cardinals were 5-3 winners over the Nationals yesterday down in Florida. The Cardinals got a first-inning home run from Paul Goldschmidt, a solo blast, his first of the spring. That was followed by a Nolan Arenado home run, his first of the spring as well. Cardinals also got some great work out of their starting pitcher, Matthew Libertor, and this to me is the key. I know that Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado are going to be fine and they're going to hit home runs. But when Matthew Libertor gives me two perfect innings to start things off with his spring training for Mm. 2023, CD, that makes me very happy. I don't know if he'll be able to sustain that, but Libertor goes two innings, all zeros, and then Graceffo comes on and goes two innings. He allows just one hit and the rest zeros. You get four innings out of those two young pitchers. I think that's a real positive. When you look at at Libertor, what is the, the, the most important factor for you to see from him, what, what is he? It's it, all about. Is it command. not velocity? Is not an issue. It, it's just location and, and putting the ball where it needs to be put. Yeah, he needs to be a left-handed pitcher. He, he doesn't need great velocity, and mm-hmm. he's he's ninety-two, ninety-three. But man, I, I thought when the Cardinals got him that he was going to be a guy that was able to just pinpoint the strike zone. But if you look at his career so far, and uh, he's only he, he, last year was his major league debut, mm-hmm. but he had a five point nine seven earned run average, right. thirty four and two thirds, and he had eighteen walks. You can't have that many walks, and they seem to be at inopportune times when you are in the major leagues because those guys inevitably are going to come around to score. When you give up a walk, uh, more than a walk every other yeah. inning, and you have a, a whip as high as he had one point seven uh, runners per inning, walks and hits per inning. 1.7 runners per inning is not going to get it done at the major league level. So yeah. he just needs to throw strikes. Yeah, 37, 34 innings pitched and 18 walks in those 34 innings is not not great. Um, what's his ceiling, though? Is he is he a a, a front-of-the-rotation pitcher? Is he a, a middle reliever at best? Because I think we, we have been waiting or, or the expectations have been, I guess, high for mm-hmm. him. What is his ceiling in terms of what he can be if he in this Cardinals uniform? When the Cardinals got him, they looked at him as a front of the rotation guy. Now I look at him as more of a back of the rotation, a number four or five starter, which isn't a bad thing to have. He just turned twenty three. Okay. Over the course of the the winter, he turned twenty three in November. But I, I carry look at him as a guy that could be a very solid number four or number five starter, and you need to have number four and number five starters. I don't know if he's going to wind up, uh, unless he develops command and becomes more efficient, I don't know if he's going to give you enough innings to be really, really good, a front-of-the-rotation guy. His career high in innings at the minor league level is 124. That was in 2021. Maybe you can move him up and get him to... If he is a starter, 100, 150. But if he could, here's my ceiling for him. If he could be a guy that gives you an earned run average of four and gives you 180 innings as a four or five starter, gives you the opportunity to win games. Four is a lot. 
Four is too it, much. It to is, me. but well, think about this: a quality start is six innings, three earned yeah. runs. That's an earned run average okay. of four and a half. So if he here's the thing: if he could go out there and make twenty eight starts and give you twenty quality starts, mm-hmm. that's awesome okay. for, for what I expect of him. All right, I, I'm I'm okay with that. I, I just want, was wondering what he. What is his his ceiling and what he can bring to the table for the Cardinals? Because I know the expectations have been high since he's gotten here. Uh, Randy, is there any concern for you? Wilson Contreras, no hits yet. No, I'm not worried. No concern? I don't believe what I see in March. Okay. And that's why. No, either way, yeah. good no, or bad. No, I'm not I worried. Because I believe that Goldschmidt and, yeah. and Goldie and, and, and Arenado are going to hit the ball every time they come up to the plate. All we need to remember is that last year Paul DeYoung hit 500 in spring training. Yeah, well, Randy. The, Jim Edmonds was a guy. Never do anything in spring training. And then all of a sudden he did a home run on opening day. And you say, oh, there's Jimmy. Uh, uh, Contreras is, he'll be fine. One other name I wanted to bring up is Graceffo. Because you ask what's the ceiling for Libertor. And Graceffo, I've only seen highlights. I haven't seen him throw a complete game. But that being said, his stuff translates to being a front of the rotation guy. If the Cardinals don't keep Jack Flaherty, this is the next best guy on the horizon. This is a guy that's upper 90s, that strikes out a ton of hitters, and projects as a one or a two. And I'm really excited about him. I think he has a chance to be pretty darn good. You think 2024, him, Libertor, and maybe Flaherty are, are your three of your, your guys? And Mats, hopefully. And Mats. Mats. Would be yeah. a healthy Mats. Yeah, that would be really good to have. Okay. But I, I, I'd be kind of surprised, wouldn't you, if Michaelis wasn't back? Yeah, I think he. I mean, I think he's he he's just kind of he's kind of Lance Lynnish in my mind, kind of just steady, mm-hmm. you know, eat up innings. Gonna be the guy that you can count on and and do the job that you expect to get done. And I, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I love Lance Lynn. I thought he was was uh, outstanding. I think he's he's that type of person for for this staff and this rotation year in and year out. Just a guy you can rely on and depend on. Yeah, I think so too. By the way, getting back to Graceffo, he was a strikeout and inning guy last year in the minors. 139 innings, 139 Ks, and he might even enhance that because in the second half of the season, he was dynamic. He was really good. Other guys yesterday, by the way, uh, in that game against Washington, Gallegos had a rough time of it. He allowed three hits in his inning of work, and uh, he allowed an earned run. Packy Naughton had a really rugged time. You're going to have to be really good to be one of the two left-handers in the bullpen this mm-hmm. year. And Packy, an inning, he allows a couple of hits, uh, three hits actually, two earned runs. Henesis Cabrera allows a couple of hits in his inning of work, but he has yet to allow a run. Uh, Zach Thompson allows a hit in his one inning, and then uh, Suarez came on, the former Giant, and threw a scoreless inning. But the battle for left-handed relief, I think there's only going to be two guys. That's what I was going to ask you. How many are they yeah, keeping? Two, because... I think Chris Stratton makes it. I think that the way that they're acting down there, it seems like Verhagen is going to be one of their guys. Hicks, Helsley, Palante, Hudson. To me, those are your six right-handers. Mm-hmm. And then two left-handers come from the battle in the competition during spring training. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I, I, who are those two? It is you? You got Matts in the bullpen, so he's he's or you have no, Matts as a starter. He's a, he's a starter. He's a starter. Okay. Right now, if it were me, based on the stuff, I think I'd go Cabrera and Thompson, the two guys who pitched yesterday. I think the the one guy I liked last year who has good stuff, but I don't know if I like him as much as I like Thompson and Cabrera, and that's JoJo Romero. He mm-hmm. had some moments last year, yeah, but I don't. 
I just don't see him as one of the guys. But they're going to have a lot of choices with the, that left-handed relief. And there's some, the, the, the uh, Wilking Rodriguez, uh, he's not a left-hander, but there's going to be some bullpen guys that have advantages that are built in if you're a Rule 5 guy. But just speaking of the left-handers, let's run them down. Cabrera, mm-hmm. uh, you've got... Uh, Libertor. Yep. The the Misowitz that they got in the trade, Packy. Uh, they also have uh, Jojo Romero and Connor. I think Connor Thomas probably starts in the minors. Zach, Zach Thompson, Thompson. Yep, he's down there, and uh, that's it. So you've got six left-handers that are battling. So my two uh, March first guys are going to be Thompson and Cabrera, with a lot of flexibility in that bullpen. Well, we'll see how it, how it pans out. I I, I know that's going to be a, a an important role. And and still trying to figure out who the who the fifth starter is. You think it's Matt? I think it could I, be, I think we're locked it, in. It could be okay. You you think that you don't think Dakota Hudson has a has a no. a play in this at all? No, I don't. I, I he think can't he, work his way yeah, into it. It I don't I, I don't believe so. Flaherty, okay. Montgomery, Matts, Michaelis, Wayno. I think those are your five. Okay. And uh, part of it is CD. I think the contract plays here. Right. I think if Mats is healthy, and by the way, he's he has gotta, good he's stuff. Gotta, he's got to. Yeah, he's got to have that opportunity. Yeah, four and forty-four. Yeah. They're they're going to play the contract. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's today's fresh take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we need your texts. 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo ho! Who should go to sports jail to start March? Yes, sports jail. Who is doing something so egregious that you can't abide them being free? That's right. Sports jail's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. In the real world, repeat offenders go to jail. All right. I'm putting cases on all you. You shout like that, they, they put you in jail. Right away, no trial, no, no nothing. You're stealing, right to jail. You're playing music too loud, right to jail, right away. In the sports world, repeat offenders just get fired. Well, we're in the real world, and on this show we play by our rules. One, two, three, four, five. It's time for Sports Jail. We want to have you place some people in sports jail. Yeah. CD, I don't think Aaron Rodgers should have been let out of that uh, darkness retreat. <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers should be in sports jail in darkness. Randy, he has he has gained the nickname the Prince of Darkness, and I actually like it. Yeah, I, I he, like he it should he perfect. should lean into that um, and accept it, and and he should definitely accept this punishment of of sports jail because he is. Clearly taking over our TV every time we look up. What is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Mm-hmm. He's he's been in a in a cave in a mm-hmm. room for four days and has no communication with the outside world, and we're all waiting, anticipating for him to come mm-hmm. out and give us an answer, and still haven't heard anything yet. So you were in high school. Do you remember with any clarity the Mike Keenan years of the Blues? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ron Carey. Yeah, he, he was. Ron Caron openly called him the Prince of Darkness. 
<laughs> Openly. I mean, like he, he would say on the on a radio show, ah, oh, the Prince of Darkness traded another. <laughs> Great. That's a wonderful thing. Randy, I, I'm going to put C.B. Buckner in jail. Oh, good. Just for his inability to shake hands. You, you, He should probably have been suspended or fined, maybe both, um, but definitely needs to go to sports jail. Here's the caveat. Only when the Cardinals, when he's supposed to ump the Cardinals games. He could just sit in sports jail for that yeah. three to four day period. And he can get back with his crew afterwards. They can they can figure it out with, with, with three guys, right? Yeah, I think they so. Figure it out. They've done it before. Umpires have gotten hurt or, you know, have heat issues where they've had mm-hmm. to sit down. So they can figure it out for, for a three game, yeah. three to four game stretch. Every every time. Can I put somebody from our industry in jail? Oh, definitely, Randy. So they're going nutty down in the Valley of the Sun that the Cardinals have hired Jonathan Gannon, an experienced head coach, and mm. he has hired an inexperienced staff. They're saying, oh, there's no way that the veteran players will respect this staff because this staff doesn't have any experience. <laughs> Did the people that are blasting this hire and these mm. hires, do they not know where Jonathan Gannon came from and what just happened a couple of months ago? Yeah, no, nah, they, they, they are prisoners of the moment, Randy. But I, I'll take. I mean, I'll the moment just uh, two weeks ago. I, I, I'll give you one better. Were they saying this when they hired a college coach who had just been fired in Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I wonder if question. they or, or were they just oh, over we the moon? Kyler, we got Kyler Murray and we got this offensive oh, yeah. genius. They were over the moon, Randy. Yeah. They were they were excited. Randy, I'm going to put a couple other people in jail. The LAPD, uh, LA County. Los Angeles County officers that that leaked the photos of of one Kobe Bean mm. Bryant and the the horrific crash they need to be in real jail Randy because uh, Vanessa Bryant and her family just got awarded twenty eight point five twenty eight point eight five million dollars in damages for those photos mm. that were leaked so they need to be in jail and and my last one Randy I'm gonna put three gentlemen behind bars for a little bit because they are the bottom three and plus minus in all of the NHL and that would be Jordan Cairo Braden Shin and Fair enough. They got to go. Uh, 739, 740, 741 you have in the plus minus ratings yeah, in the yeah, NHL? Yeah, that's just a, out of 741, yeah. there are the bottom, bottom three. Bottom three. Fair it's enough. It's not great. All right. So, uh, Matthew, what do you got on the old text line for so, sports jail? Somebody says, I'm putting Daniel Jones in sports jail for thinking he's going to get $45 million per year. I think he might. He he played his hand well. I was well. going to say. The, the Giants didn't play it well. They should have just <laughs> picked up his fifth-year option and tried to see what he's going to do this mm-hmm. year. But, you know. It is what it is. It's always a gamble. 314. Uh, sir, where were you on the day of May, on the night of May 16th, 1996? Steve Eiserman still belongs in jail. Yes, he does. <laughs> you know what? That's a long term. I mean, that's. So, there's, there's no statute of limitations for sports so jail, apparently. Clearly. So, 1996. Okay, Wayne Gretzky is a member of the Blues. Pay attention, Roman. Okay. 96, 06, 16. So, 24 years. Okay, 24 years. <laughs> We're in the midst of the pandemic. It's a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the date was, but I get a text. 10 o'clock Sunday morning, our buddy Joe Buck. Hey, the Eiserman game is on NHL Network. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Damn you. <laughs> Flip to NHL Network. Watched the second half of that game. Why? Watched the overtimes. Why? I will say this. I unfairly blamed St. Louis and John Casey for 24 years. Wow. Really? That was a hell of a shot by yes. Steve Eisenberg. That was a laser. <laughs> so yes, it's, it's not John Casey that should be in sports jail. It should be Steve Eiserman. But man, I'll tell you what. 
I was talking to Twister the other night. You know what we needed in that game? What was that? Because there was a game where Twister, uh, due to the malfeasance of one Martin LaPointe, Twister two-handed one Steve Eiserman. <laughs> And said, uh, skated by the Red Wings bench because of the malfeasance of number 25. Talked to Twister about this the other night. He said, who's that 25? We finally figured out it with Martin LaPointe. <laughs> skated by the, the Red Wings bench and said, hey, to Scotty Bowman, you better settle down 25 or 19's <laughs> career's ending tonight. That's what we needed yeah. at some point in that game. Yeah. You better settle down. To 25, 25 or 19's career's or ending 19's tonight. And that's how it goes. Yeah. If, if he doesn't stop... He's going to receive yep. what he. We're going to give it to him. <laughs> you can't put a and, bounty on another yeah, human being. Yeah, you, 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 you just did. He did. Uh, and There's nothing wrong with it. Lo and behold, <laughs> I don't think we barely saw Martin Lapointe again <laughs> that go. night. Oh, as Bart you gotta Scott, have, you got to have some common sense. Yeah, Bart Scott said it was somebody's going to die. The six three six tier says I'd like to nominate Rockio for Sports Jail for his Kobe take and not believing in STL City last weekend. Fair well, enough. The, the, the Kobe take in itself is uh, is more than enough to give you probably a life sentence, right? Uh, not top ten, right? That, yeah, not that's top the Kobe ten. Take we're talking about. Not, Randy, he no, went I, as I far. Edited, I edited it. Don't say but this. You, I'll but, dump but out of this. But you uttered these words. I will dump out of this. I have <laughs> not control. Not top 25. I was wrong. <laughs> I was, I was egregiously wrong. <laughs> I got a little. I got a little into my. I got a little in my bag on that one. <laughs> got a little deep. Got a little crazy. Kind of got into it a little bit. Yeah. But I maintain there is a difference between predicting something on this radio show and rooting for something to happen. Yes, we are in the prediction business. Like, come yes. on, people! I, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've got a text. It's like, see, Rockio, suck it. They they they, they didn't well, finish two two. What did Carrie and I say? No, Carrie, we will grant you this. Carrie and I are experts in the true, sport. True. You guys call we it a pitch. Yeah. I call it a field. Indeed. Yeah. You guys so, call them matches. I call them games. Right. Correct. And, and because of our extraordinary expertise Indeed. in this regard, specific to MLS, I mean, we, we're great about all soccer, but specific to MLS, we know every player. We know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I kind of understand why we were able to discern uh, that St. Louis City SC was going to come away with a dramatic victory and you weren't. By the yes. way, I deserve to be in sports jail. And all it is is a, the, another texter made a joke. He goes, he's a Kroenke fan. No, no. I deserve to be in yes, sports jail for being a Nuggets fan. Like, there's are, no doubt in my mind. I'm there. a St. Louisan who roots for a Kroenke team. There yeah. is something that should get me into sports jail. I'll admit that right now. Gonna... I think you're being generous for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because we're in Missouri. And... We uh, we whack people. I think <laughs> <laughs> we do. I mean, I'm, I'm not. This this is not. I'm just saying it's out there for it. It's out there as a possibility, an alternative for us if we want to go a little further than a lifetime there ban. Is, there is a there. We all we do have that. We've done it before. On the table. <laughs> Some, yeah. Somebody said, "I I hope Rock's jail cell is diminutive." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's the the good. real like definition, that. not Rock's diminutive definition. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. Six three. Exactly. Uh, uh, three, seven, five, seven, five, seven, Are you three. Kidding me? Kyle's <laughs> 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 diminutive. Randy, I'm not joking. When I it's saw the list one. of draws, I said, Rock, what are, what do you put diminutive on here? Said, These people aren't small. He's like, they're 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 below the average of the average point guard. I said, Rock, that's that's incorrect, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's not right. It's not the I right would have been so mad if I would have taken Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> or Nate Robinson or 
<laughs> if you could have remembered, if you could have remembered the the guard See, for Denver's is, yeah. name, you would have picked him. See, this, yeah. is my, um, this is my it was This is my problem. For Carrie, <sighs> I can only use the word diminutive to describe people yeah. shorter than him. That's the that that's the term. That's what it is. People Rock. Sh- people shorter than Carrie Davis. People shorter than five ten. Not All people six right. one. All right. Fine. Five seven three says AJ McCarron needs to go to sports jail. He's stealing games out there. He is stealing games. Yeah. I don't know if I would have taken less money. Just me. <laughs> that <laughs> just me. Okay. I, I so here we go. Can't say that I would have. <laughs> You, you wouldn't. You tell me you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be man. getting a tweet quote retweeted from The Rock saying this man no. took less money to play for us. Six. I, that wouldn't be the number Davis. I saw. I don't know what backup quarterbacks make, but if it was a lot. seven figures and he's making five figures, I mean, yeah, you you're doing it for the love of the game for sure. Yeah, Earl Boykins, by the way. Earl Boykins. If Earl Boykins would have come to your mind, you would have said him. And you would have been livid. Yep. Bugsy you Bugs. would have been livid, Randy. Oh, oh I would have been so bad. Earl Boykins so bad. is the name that came. If you could have remembered that well, name, I he said, would have been livid. The choices were dimin- Scott Skiles. I said diminutive. Stockton. Stockton. I said diminutive, not minuscule. Oh, my goodness gracious. Dim- six one. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so that's sports jail worthy, though, Matthew. That is, uh, that is, uh, that 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 is sports jail for you here on this hump day, first Rock, day of March. Rock's going to jail. Twenty twenty three jail. He's got to go. If, if I didn't have a lifeline, it would have been sports death penalty. It would, if I didn't have a lifeline, sports death penalty. Okay? I'm just saying. Those people aren't diminutive. <laughs> we got to get that cut. I, I really haven't realized how much, like, that could have... That could have been a bad day. Oh, like that, man. that could have been a really bad day, and it ended up not being that bad. And man, I got I got really lucky. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is Sports Jail. Coming up, we've got the fight, but at this point, we don't have a fighter. So if you would like to participate in the fight, just give us a text right now. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. If you use the letters on your phone, and you might be able to fight against me here on 101 ESPN next on The Opening Drive. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing? Hey, Kerry Davis. Good. How are you, sir? Doing well. You ready to take on Megamind today? Let's rock. All right, here we go. When Chris Webber called the infamous illegal timeout in the NCAA tournament, what team did Michigan eventually lose to in that game? Was it North Carolina, Duke, or UNLV? North Carolina. Who is the highest point-scoring defenseman in NHL history? Is that Al McInnes, Paul Coffey, or Ray Bork? Ray Bork. Who is the first Big Four athlete to make $4 million per year in base salary? A million. 
Sorry, <laughs> let me start that over. <laughs> Who is the first big four athlete to make $1 million per year in base salary? Is it Dave Parker, Nolan Ryan, or Julius Irvin? Nolan Ryan. And Monday was Damian Lillard's fifth game with 60-plus points scored, only Wilt Chamberlain with 32, and who else have more of those games in their career? Is that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant or Elgin Baylor? Let's go. Since you don't like Kobe, Rocky, let's go, Kobe. We will check the score and bring in Randy Carricker. Kevin, how do you feel about that? Not too bad, not too bad. Not too bad. I just thought I'd get to... I hope I get the Kobe one right just so I can put it in Rocchio's face. <laughs> We've been discussing this Kobe issue with him for a while, and I think he's turned the corner just a little bit. He's he's still far away in, in his ranking of Kobe being Brian, who I have in my top five. He's has him around 12, but he's maddening sometimes, so we're, <laughs> we're working on that. <laughs> Randy, say hello to Kevin. Kevin, good morning. How you doing? Doing well, Randy. How about yourself, sir? Everything's great. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. All right, Randy, you ready? Yeah, there's poker up on Bally right now. All I right. hope there are no poker questions here. Um, Randy, hey. You never know. Good luck. <laughs> don't you yeah, don't, you're don't you need dare. it. Don't, don't you dare. <laughs> when Chris Weber called the infamous illegal timeout in the NCAA tournament, which team did Michigan eventually lose to in that game? I thought it was North Carolina. Michigan or North Carolina? I think it was North Carolina. I'm going to go with North Carolina. Randy, who is the highest point-scoring defenseman in NHL history? It's either going to be Coffee or Chelios. I think I'll go with Paul Coffey because he lasted such a long time and had those 100-point seasons. Lidstrom played a long time, but he did never reach the level of scoring ability of Coffey or didn't play long enough, although he was awesome. So I will go. Larry Murphy scored a lot of points, too. But I'll go with Paul Coffey. Who was the first Big Four athlete to make $1 million per year in base salary? Hmm. Wasn't in football. I know Nolan Ryan was the first in baseball. Magic didn't. Magic and Bird didn't do it. Dr. J... I don't think there was an NBA guy, and it certainly wasn't hockey. So I'm going to go with Nolan Ryan when he signed as a free agent with the Astros in 1980, I believe. And Randy, excuse me, Monday was Damian Lillard's fifth game with 60-plus points scored. Only Will Chamberlain with 32, and who else have more of those games in their career? I believe that would be Kobe Bean Bryant. One of the 25 best players in the history of the game. (laughs) Top 25, according to Rocchio. This was a close fight here today, and it's always a fun one. Me and Randy are having, me and uh, Carrie are having conversations before we even hit the fight. So, in a close fight, was Kevin able to bring enough to the table to take down Randy Carricker, or do we move through a hump day with an undefeated Mega Mind? Ring that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight is driven by Mobile On The Run. Join the On The Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. Congratulations, Kevin. You got a 3-2 win 
over Randy Carricker. We always talk about three being that magical number. You hit it, and it was enough, which means you'll be playing for a round two on Thursday. Congratulations on the win, Kevin. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Absolutely. Let's go through those questions. We'll see where Kevin won the fight. Chris Weber calls that a legal timeout, sends the UNC Tar Heels to the line for a, um, I'm blanking on the word for it. Technical. Uh, technical thank you very much. I was going to say flagrant. <laughs> that wasn't the right word. <laughs> technical uh, free throws, and they win that game. The highest point-scoring defenseman in NHL history is Ray Bork with just, uh. A, uh, just a couple dozen over Paul Coffey. The first big four athlete to make a million per year, and I was checking this on old-school um, paper clippings on the internet. February of 1979, Jet Magazine ran a story on Dave Parker signing the first ever $1 million base contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He beat Nolan Ryan by six months to that contract. So it was Dave Parker of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Monday was Damian Lillard's fifth game of 60-plus points. It is, in fact, the man who most people put in the top ten, Kobe Bryant, who had seven 60-point games scored alongside Will Chamberlain was his 32. So a 3-2 win for Kevin over Randy Carricker. Kevin, congratulations on the win. We will talk to you tomorrow. Good, Good job, Kevin. Thanks, I, uh, we'll see most people I'm are... excited for Kevin. <laughs> Randy, we can, I, go. can I do something? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just said, I, this is... I'm saying I'm, I'm not right. wrong, most people. Go, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Randy. Uh, <laughs> this is from the Baseball Hall of Fame website. Oh. On November 19th, 1979, <laughs> Nolan Ryan was able to buy his own private jet after the Astros signed him to a four-year, $4.5 million free agent contract. As a sign of the changing times, the deal made Ryan the highest paid player in baseball history and the owner of the game's first million dollar a year contract. That's from the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, website. I have an article <laughs> from February of 1979, which would be seven months before the free agent signing. This is November 19th of 1979. Sorry, this, the yeah, this is February of 1979, so seven months prior. And they're saying Dave Parker signs a five-year, $5 million deal to be okay. the first ever million-dollar man in baseball. That was an article in the... This se- is from the Baseball Hall of Fame. February 22nd issue of Jet Magazine. Are you going to believe the Baseball Hall of Fame or Jet Magazine? I found multiple articles saying he signed it in early 1979. <sighs> that's that's why I was checking paper clippings, because I, I found two different things. I, I found two different things, <laughs> and I found multiple articles stating... Parker did it in February of 1979, oh, I and I found multiple articles saying that Nolan Ryan did it in November 1979. Just going off of the Who dates. Who would you suggest is a more reliable uh. baseball historian? The Baseball <laughs> Hall of Fame or Jet Magazine? I'm just asking. I, I, it wasn't I, nothing. It nothing was, against. There was also a Pittsburgh Gazette post I found. I found uh. from from February of 1979 that says the same thing about a five year, five million dollar deal for Dave Parker. That's what I'm going off of. Is Multiple Ooh. newspaper clippings. I did not go off of the of the ranking from the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay, beautiful. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I love. Can we can we go back to the part where most people think that Kobe is in the top ten? <laughs> I think mm-hmm. pretty much all people, except for you, Rock. Uh, yeah, probably, majority. Yeah. I'd say so. Majority. Uh, the overwhelming majority. Overwhelming that most? majority. Man, we were really just hitting my word. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right, fine. Well, overwhelming majority. Most, overwhelming majority. Man. Say he's in the top ten. Kobe Bryant has seven. <laughs> Fair enough. Randy is hot. <laughs> well, no, I'm. I'm not hot. I'm right. Can, oh, can't, we, can't we both be right, Randy? I love it. This, I isn't, love, this, isn't this kind of like the Cardinals? The Cardinals oh. ownership, the uh, the build with the DeWitt ownership here's, of the Cardinals. There's multiple right answers. Here's the problem about multiple right answers. 
I remember when Nolan Ryan <laughs> became the first fair. million dollar yeah. player. And, 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 and I listen, was around. The consternation is big. If you, around, go, if you you know. go to, if you go to, because I was just trying to check if, like, when I first was was looking at this. If you go to the Wikipedia pages, they both have a sentence that says the first ever million dollar contract was signed by Dave Parker when Nolan Ryan signed the first ever million dollar contract. Like those are two sentences that are both in their respective Wikipedia. If you have articles, I'm just saying as an example. If, if you go to the Google to. machine and you have mar- multiple articles suggesting mm. both why would you ask the question because <laughs> i'm trying to teach people something randy now everyone knows that despite the fact that the baseball hall of fame is wrong they now know the correct answer okay. justice for dave parker okay. robert Ta- well uh, yeah he, uh, he, did, he did wind up getting a million dollars yeah we will uh, revisit this robert thomas is next on 101 espn <laughs> Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas scores! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. What a goal by Robert Thomas! It's time now for Blues forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive. And we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And a guy who looks great in a cowboy hat, as he did on Sunday night over at Enterprise Center for the Blues Casino Night, Robert Thomas joins us for his weekly visit. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Doing well, guys. How are you guys? Everything's good. Okay, so could you, would you, have you ever rocked a cowboy hat at any other event other than that? Would you, Are you a cowboy hat guy under any realm? Yeah, uh, a little bit. I I wouldn't say full cowboy hat. I'd say kind of in the middle with the flat brim hats. I like, um, uh, you know what? I get a lot of comparisons to that Casey Dutton from from Yellowstone, and uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that was made a bunch during Casino Night as well. So uh, that's that's pretty funny. Hey Robert, I don't know if you ever get a chance to listen to our show other than when you're on, but we have a, a, an ongoing thing here uh, at eight thirty where Rock and Randy generally disagree, uh, and <laughs> and one thinks he's right, the other one thinks he's right. So my question for you: We just no, had an one issue. One thinks he's right, one knows he's right. <laughs> we just had an issue. We just had an issue where Randy knows he's right, Rock thinks he's right. Do you have any teammates that no matter what information is given to them, they are always correct, and you cannot sway them in any of the any other direction? Uh, yeah. We all, we all people like that. <laughs> How frustrating is it talking to that person when you have sound proof that your answer is correct and theirs is wrong? Uh, I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's something you just got to start laughing about. Cause, oh. uh, you know, everyone, everyone always has their opinions and it, it's great, but it's just funny sometimes. <laughs> Oh, Robert, I, I know I'm right. <laughs> What's it? Uh, we, we think it's easy. We sit here and we watch a hockey game and we say, okay, uh, a guy like Kapanen walks in through the door. All these different players that you've had to play with during the course of the season. Because of the style of play that you enjoy, you, you enjoy being a disher. Is it difficult or is it easy for you to develop a level of chemistry with a player, a new player, relatively quickly? Yeah, I think it's it's hard. It's a little tricky sometimes. Um, you know, um, guys are obviously looking at different things in different spots all the time. And 
uh, I think with him it actually went really well. Um, you know, he's played with some some great players over the years, and um, you know, he obviously is a great player. So um, it was it was pretty cool last night. I think we we found each other well, and um, yeah, I missed him on a couple of chances that uh, probably would have been in the back of the net. So um, you know, I thought the game went really well, and um, yeah, I think he, he'll fit in great with our team. Hey, Robert, you all have been struggling. Uh on the power play since the since the uh, trade of, of O'Reilly, it's been been really bad. Oh, oh for twenty two. What have you all? What do you all need to work on to kind of find ways to get that going, get better shots on goal, and hopefully get some of those getting into the into the net. Yeah, I think there's there's been a couple good chances we've had uh, at least last game that um, yeah I'm sure some of us would have liked to have back, and um, I think it's just execution. Um, you know, passes aren't flat. We're not making the right reads and. Um, you know, that happens throughout the year. The power plays are, are always hot, cold. And um, if you can find consistent chances, then you'll be able to, you know, find your way through through the ups and downs. So I think we had some good chances. It's just about putting it in the back of the net. And then you did get a special teams goal last night as you picked up the shorty. That had to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, down one nothing. Um, they got a power play and there's it was, it was you know, I, I'm not going to say I, I meant to shoot there, but uh, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll all take one, take one like that. Do do shorthanded goals feel better than power play goals or, or five on five goals? Uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of cool. Um, obviously, you're supposed to be the one getting scored on, so um, anytime uh, you can kind of find a way to, to score one, it uh, definitely feels good. And uh, I know the bench loves it. That was my first this year, but when other guys have scored this year. Uh, the bench definitely loves a nice shorthanded goal. And how much pride do you take in the the coaches employing you in that role to, to be a penalty killer? Yeah, uh, it's a huge task. Um, something that it's tough. And, um, you know, what's great about our team is a lot of guys take a lot of pride in it. And uh, that's what you need for, for a good penalty kill. Um, you know, even though we've lost a bunch of our penalty killers this year, uh, we still got a lot of guys that are stepping up and, and wanting to do it. Um, it's not a fun job uh, standing in front of one-timers and stuff, but mm. um, you know a lot of guys take a lot of pride in it, and, and that's important. Hey, when you are on a penalty kill and, and you've been out there for for you know feels like a minute and a half, and and, and you're just kind of hoping to get it out of your zone, are you looking at the bench like, hey guys, when we get it out of the zone, I'm there. Make sure your eyes are up because I'm coming to you. Come get me off of this ice. <laughs> yeah, you're almost wishing they could just grab you and pull you <laughs> off sometimes. Um, yeah, no, especially second period. You usually have the long change. It's uh, it's pretty painful when you get stuck out there for a minute plus. Robert Thomas with us on 101 ESPN. Hey, Robert, the other day when Doug Armstrong met with the media, he said, hey, we're going to have some nights where we play really well, but we can't get over the hump because of the players that have gone out the door. And I, I'm wondering, I asked Panger this yesterday as a former player, from your perspective, Army says what we have to evaluate ourselves on is individually, how did we do against the guy that we lined up against? But you, you've won everywhere you've been. You've always been on teams that were uber successful. So what's that like for you to hear your president of hockey operations say, okay, we're going to be evaluated differently here and not necessarily on wins and losses. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a little different. Um, this whole thing has been a learning process for me, but um, at the same time, uh, you know, you're bound bound to go through a couple of these throughout a career. Um, and, and you know what, you learn a lot. Um, you know, I said earlier, you learn, you learn a lot from winning, you learn how to win and what it takes to win, but you know, losing, you learn a lot more and 
what what it takes not to lose and what you need to do. So um, it's been a, been a big process for this year and uh, definitely a good learning experience and hopefully uh, don't have to go through something like this again. That's one of the things that, that, that athletes that are dealing with what you're dealing with, they say, I never want to have that taste in my mouth again. And you, you're getting that taste right now and you just want to, you, have, you want to have that sweet taste of the champagne of the Stanley Cup, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been fortunate the last four years to, to be on contenders and um, you know, we viewed going into the playoffs every year that um, you know, we had a real shot at it. So that feeling's awesome and um, something that you want every year and um, something that, you know, I can't wait to get back to. Hey, Robert, with the trades that took place last last couple of weeks and, and really the transition that has taken place over the last couple of years, you've gone from, you know, being one of the, the middle guys in terms of years there to, to one of the older guys and one of the veterans of this Blues team. Is Do you take pride in that and, and trying to show the younger guys that are coming up from Springfield the, the, the way that the Blues play hockey, the way this organization takes care of their business day in and day out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what? When you're when you're kind of the young guy and and you have older guys taking care of you and showing you the way and um, kind of just being there for you, you um, you know you feel you you got to do it. Um, it's something that they didn't have to do, but someone did to them. And uh, you know how much you appreciate it as a young guy and someone who's just coming into the league. And um, that's something that that I realized, and uh, I take a lot of pride in, in trying to help out. Hey, so I, I coach high school football, and I had to tell my seniors one one year. I said, "Fellas, look around. You all are the seniors now. You you are the guys that there's nobody else to tell anyone what to do. You're supposed to be telling them." And they kind of looked around the room and was like, "Oh, damn, we are." <laughs> have you, did you have that moment, like looking around the room and and seeing so many new faces and realizing that now people are going to be looking to you for answers and, and kind of guidance and, and showing them, you know, what needs to be done? Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I think we still got a ton of great, great leaders that have been around a lot longer than I have. And um, those are guys that as well take a lot of pride in that and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, our leadership group still still really strong. So, um, you know, I expect the, you know, the, the, the brand the Blues have built um, over the last 10 years and how competitive they were and um, the style of the play and uh, the way the locker rooms ran, uh, I think won't change at all. Hey, Robert, last thing, a, a Western trip, and it's out all West Coast because you're going to go to Arizona too, but this has to be one of the more enjoyable trips of the year that you guys make. Yeah, it'll be nice, uh, especially with the much new faces. We got a couple of days to do some team bonding, and um, you know we we usually respond really well to that. And I'm hoping that's the same case this trip. Robert, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We will talk to you next week. By the way, uh, you're you're a golfer. Are you a Callaway golf ball guy? Uh, no, TaylorMade guy. Oh, you're a TaylorMade guy. Okay. Do you have a dealer with TaylorMade? Uh, it's. It's something with CCM. Okay, so. okay, got it. Uh, I'm still going to give you some official <laughs> opening drive Callaway golf balls next time I see you. Really, so. really, I'll, I'll make sure to slice them right into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. <laughs> thanks, Robert. Have a good one. We'll uh, see you later. Take care. Yeah, thanks, guys. That's our buddy Robert Thomas. I'm 101 ESPN. Hey. We're still we're having fun here, Randy. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of us well, are. Some of us. Some of you, you guys are. You guys are. 
Oh, yeah. Everyone has that teammate, Randy, in the, in the locker room that you can't – you can bring them hard evidence that this is accurate and true and they still don't believe it. They are steadfast in their belief that mm. this is the, the correct answer and they will not be swayed one way or the other. Randy's right. Randy is right? Yeah, oh. Facts. Well, here's the thing. So, so both of you all got it wrong. So he would have still if – you, if you take that question out – Nolan you Ryan still, was right. Nolan Ryan was right. Oh, he, well, well, both of you got it right. Sorry, he got Nolan Ryan as well. He took Parker, didn't he? No, he took Nolan. No, no, Ryan. He, no. He, that was the one he got wrong. He got three right. He got Kobe he took Bryant, Nolan Ryan, Ryan Bork, and he, UNC. He took. Oh, okay. He took Nolan he Ryan. Took, Ryan. Oh, so it'd be yeah, four to three. If, yeah, you both if, got that one wrong. Right. I, I don't know. Even yeah. though I was mad then. Yeah, you yeah, okay, both would have been. Fine. But it's still. But it's now still, everybody learned something. Well, did we? Or did you learn? We learned that the first million dollar player in baseball history was Nolan Ryan. I had about nine different people. We had about nine different people text in and say, "Listen, this is why." And they and they and a lot of them found the same article that I. We all found articles from Jet Magazine. No, no. Mine was an article from, from sportcasting.com or something like that where it, where it broke down um, why technically Parker isn't the guy and, and Nolan so, Ryan so is. So is, is Sabre is not, we're not going with that article because comes, that one says it all comes down that it was to the, Dave Parker. The Pirates were a bunch of... I'm going to Johnny going. Manziel going. Here's, I got the money. Here's what it comes down to. The Pirates have been penny-pinching their stars since the freaking 70s. Well, now we're blaming the Pittsburgh Pirates? <laughs> yes, so I now, am. So now yes, we're going to deflect am. and defer yes, the, uh, the yes, attention to the Pittsburgh, to listen, the great listen, city of let, Pittsburgh. No, leave the black and the gold. The great list. city of Pittsburgh not, I'm not is going to get Stop thrown it. under it. the I'm bus not coming now. The Rooney's. Now the, to... the entire city listen, of Pittsburgh. Listen, listen. Now, you, you can take your one logo helmet and sit down for a moment, all right? This has nothing to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Pittsburgh it is coming as pirates. Yeah. Uh, are being the, misers are the, for are, 50 years. Are the new rules for MLB going to be a blank show? Jason Stark mm. says yes. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You're listening to The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN with Randy Carriker and Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Sumner One. Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on The Opening Drive. It's time for today's big thing. It's a new old game, Carl. You still, you know, more things change, the more they stay the same. What is it, adapt or die? That's kind of where we all are. It's good for the game. I think it is. I think everybody will like it when it all gets sorted out. The umpires will be the bad guys for about two weeks, and everybody will will uh, adjust. That is the Mets manager, Buck Showalter, and he's talking about the rules changes in Major League Baseball. And Jason Stark has an interesting piece up, Kerry, at The Athletic. And a lot of people around the sport of baseball are saying that this is going to be a blank show, especially Mm -hmm. early on. And like Buck Showalter said, the umpires will be the bad guys for a little while, but then all of a sudden everybody will settle in. The players will learn exactly what they need to learn about the pitch clock and about the shift limitations and about the bigger bases. And ultimately, everything will settle down and it'll feel normal again. The big thing is, is for me, I think it's hitters. I think hitters have to understand that they have to be in that box ready to hit with eight seconds on the clock. And I don't think they've reached that point yet. Yeah, it's going to be a, um, a just a, a shock to the system for you know everybody involved. Even Jason talks about even the the fan consuming the product because 
it's going to be so so different from what we're accustomed to for however many years you've been watching baseball. It's going to happen at a faster pace. You're not going to have time in between pitches to check your your Twitter or your Instagram mm-hmm. or you know that that pitch is going to happen much faster than it has in the past. Which again, that's one thing that I think baseball has been lacking is the 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 pace of game, the the amount of time that takes place in between pitches. We understand that innings are innings. You're going to have your your things that take place every half inning. That That's part of baseball. They're going to come out, throw a set number of pitches. They're going to throw the ball out in the outfield, maybe play catch with a fan in the in center field, whatever the case may be. But the time from pitch to pitch is going to pick up, and you're going to have more engagement on the base paths. You're going to have guys that are, are more engaged because now – the pitcher can only throw over so many times, mm-hmm. and maybe the batter, maybe the runner decides, okay, you've you've <laughs> hit your allotment of of throws over. I'm going to take off, and and so you're going to have a lot more things going on in baseball this season than you haven't had in the past, which I think makes the game more exciting. And what Jason Stark writes is the logic behind getting things started at the beginning of spring training is to get the blank show over with as early as possible. That's what Stark was told, and more than once, if you think it through, it makes sense that every player, except for those that spend the most of the spring in the World Baseball Classic, are going to have to deal with having a game end on a strike called because of the fact that they aren't in the box for the pitch clock or a pitcher throwing a ball that scores a run because he didn't get the pitch off in time. Gallegos for the Cardinals is going Mm -hmm. to have quite a problem in getting pitches off within 15 seconds. And he, he might even like putting guys on base so that he gets 20. <laughs> I wonder how that will play with the with the, uh, <laughs> with the manager. With the manager. <laughs> yeah, just put him on. We'll, give me a few more seconds to get going. Um, and like I said, I think, I think for hitters, it will speed them up a little bit, but I think they're going to come into the batter's box ready to hit, ready to take a chance because you, you, your, your clock is sped up, literally. Everything is, is faster now for you where you have to – be ready to hit the ball and 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 hopefully get on base with the shift not being in place anymore. You're gonna have more go- more gaps, more holes to to hit balls in, and I think it's gonna be. I just think the baseball is gonna be more exciting to watch now. There's been a lot of paralysis through analysis for yeah. hitters. They watch so much video and they have so many numbers that are Correct. thrown out them, thrown at at them. All of a sudden. When you get in the box, all of a sudden you got to be an athlete, yeah. and and it's got to be see ball, hit ball, yep. which is the way it used to be. Yep. And yes, analytics have played a huge role, but I do think analytics, because of the pitch clock, are going to take more of a back seat here. Yeah, you you as you, you hit the nail on the head, paralysis by analysis, just the amount of time that a pitcher or a batter takes out of takes of stepping out of the batter's box. Right, he's thinking, okay, it's one two. This pitcher likes to throw this. He threw this against me last time. Those all of those things are going through the batter's mind as he's stepping out of the box, thinking about what the next pitch could be. Well, now you don't have that time. You're going to have to be ready to swing the bat and react to what you're seeing, as opposed to trying to process what you've seen in the past. And remember this, and Stark writes about this, the rule for the hitters is that the hitter must be in the box and alert to the pitcher with eight seconds left on the timer. In other words... With nobody on, the hitter needs to be locked in on the pitcher only seven seconds after the clock starts. You should know that quite a few teams are genuinely concerned that their hitters are going to have issues with that. And I would guess that the Cardinals are one of those teams, although they probably, because I think the Cardinals played a big role in these rules changes, they probably had uh, better ideas to how to implement 
these rules with their players than some other teams. Let me ask you this, Randy. What do you think in terms of pitchers shaking off catchers? Because that takes time. Yep. You, you're almost going to have to be in sync with your guy behind the plate, knowing he has to know what you want to throw and, and in that situation. And you have to be confident and comfortable with whatever he puts down because you're not going to be able to shake him off two or three times because he's putting down a pitch that you're not ready to throw. You're exactly right. You're going to have to have, if you're a pitcher, implicit trust in your catcher or you're going to have to have the pitcher signal to the catcher what's coming because he has to be convicted in the right. pitch that he's throwing and he's prepared to. Right. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's today's big thing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to our friend Dan Deardorff about the life and times of Conrad Dobler. Double D next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And last week we got the sad news that former Big Red guard Conrad Dobler had passed away in Pueblo, Colorado at the age of 72. Kerry, one of the highlights of my childhood was the Big Red offensive line with Dan Deardorff, Conrad Dobler, Tom Banks, Bob Young, Roger Finney. I still remember them. I can still see the sign in my mind's eye with uh, those those guys, the banner that showed up at Bush Stadium. And one of Conrad's teammates is the Hall of Famer and our friend Dan Deardorff, who joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Dan, thanks so much for your time this morning. Good to have you with us. Uh, thanks, Randy. Nice to be with you. And you're right. I love that. I love that sign they used to hang on the wall at Bush Stadium. Well, the Great Wall of St. Louis, I think they, they called it. Yeah, and I, I remember one time on KMOX, we actually asked people if they at least had a photo of it, right? And we never got any response. I wish I had a photo of it. I don't I don't either. And I, it, it, it hung there. I, I don't know. I have no idea who made it, who hung it, who uh, was responsible for it. But I'm with you. I'd, I'd love to have a picture of that. So... If anybody's listening that knows, now is the time to act. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And you can just send it here to the station, and uh, we would get it into Dan's hands. Hey, Dan, one thing, I I hope when I go that people have fun stories to tell about me, and every story about Conrad Dobler is fun, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, The guy had a, uh, he had a zest for life, he, uh, he energized. He was just one of those people that uh, his mere presence energized everybody uh, in the room. Uh, sometimes for a good reason, sometimes for a bad reason. <laughs> but, but he got a reaction from everybody. And he, the the worst part was once he realized that. Well, then he just played to it, and it got out of control. <laughs> that, that's one of the things about being in the locker room. When people know what irks you, you kind of you keep getting that from them. Once they figure out how to get to you, they we tend to keep going in that direction. Oh, Conrad was the worst. <laughs> You're right. It's like it, you know, it, it's like having a uh, an open wound on your arm or something. Yep. And, the guy keeps walking up and poking it, going, does that hurt? Is that-? And Dobler was, uh, he he didn't care. He he just wanted to irritate everyone around him. And, if, of course, if you thought he was irritating as a teammate, well, just imagine what it was like to be an opponent. I wanted to ask about that. How did he feel about being labeled as the dirtiest player? Oh, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> How does a big bear enjoy going in the ba- going to the bathroom in the woods anytime he wants to? <laughs> you know he he just we started calling him Cassette Man because anytime somebody put a microphone in front of him, it was like pressing the button on a tape player. Out came this spiel about fighting people and hitting people late. And I mean, he just played to it and everybody just, they just lapped it up. And now of course, you know, a lot of it was real, but he, he didn't hide behind it. He loved it. And Dan, you've mentioned on the show before that it's unfortunate that the dirtiest man in football moniker kind of overshadowed what a good player Conrad was. Well, you know, he played predominantly defensive line in college at, at Wyoming. And then they switched him over to the offensive side of things. And so when we drafted him in 72, uh, I was one uh, class, uh, one group ahead of Conrad. Uh, Tom Banks was two years older than Conrad. And, you know, but we were career offensive linemen. That's what we played in college. So Conrad, from a technical standpoint, really didn't have any idea what he was doing. But he, he certainly figured out. Uh, that uh, if he hit somebody, even if it wasn't the guy across from him, as long as he hit somebody, <laughs> the coaches would love it. And and that's that's what started happening. It was, he was like the Tasmanian devil. Hey, Hanny must have absolutely adored the way he played. I know he adored him as a human being, but Hanny must have just loved having him on his offensive line. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, he did. And, and uh, it, it was, you know, Conrad's Conrad's attitude about things like that was infectious. And I, I always, uh, I, I have always said one of the, uh, one of the best things you could ever say about a teammate is that their approach, their work ethic, their, uh, just their presence elevated the people around them, that that was maybe the, the best compliment you could ever pay uh, anyone uh, in any profession. And Conrad did that. I mean, Conrad, he the energy level just went up when Conrad was around. And and you know what? That You can't say that about that many people. You all were, were a tough, hard-nosed group of guys. Did you ever look at him and say, hey, man, that's that's a little bit too much. You, you've gone too far now. <laughs> well, we, we always thought it, but there was – there was no use saying it to him because it didn't make any difference. That would just make it worse. He was, he was just like a child. If you if you brought it up, that was just feeding the fire. But we, I, did I care if Conrad knocked somebody out from the other team? Heck, no. why would I care? I mean, that's, that's, that guy played for the other team. Now, the only thing I cared about is if he did it after the whistle and got a 15-yard you know, unnecessary roughness or whatever. Now, those were the ones that irritated everybody. Dan Deardorff with us on 101 ESPN, remembering Conrad Dobler. Is there a game or maybe even a play or a series in a game that stands out in your mind's eye as you lined up next to Conrad that's really, really memorable to you? Well, yeah. I mean, if I had to pick one, people who watch pro football today, uh, wouldn't recognize the game we played in the seventies. It, it was the wild, wild west. You, 
you could hit anybody, anytime, anywhere on the football field as long as the whistle hadn't blown. And, and you know, now you can't, you know, you, you, they've taken all that out of there for player safety. But the, you, everybody remembers the catch and run by Jackie Smith against the Dallas Cowboys uh, at Bush Stadium where he broke five tackles on about a 40-yard run uh, to the end zone. Well, uh, d- when that play is going on, the end zone footage is priceless because as Jackie is running towards uh, the end zone, Conrad has made a U-turn, <laughs> and he is running the opposite direction because he he is going to just put his helmet in the throat of Jethro Pugh, who's down on one knee back at the 40-yard line. So just as Jackie is crossing the goal line, Conrad is spearing Jethro Pugh 40 yards away, completely out of the play, but perfectly legal. But it was Conrad's way. of He wanted to intimidate Jethro Pugh every play of the game. I often feel like I missed my time. I enjoy. I know we we worry about player safety now, but when you can hit somebody and and I tell my players now, when you hit somebody and they say <sighs> you you take the air out of them, there is no better feeling than to hit a man in his rib cage and hear the air leave him and understand that he has to come do this again. That that's the best part of football for me. Well, you're mean. Yes. That's really <laughs> I, I can't imagine doing something like yes, that. Yes, that's beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? That's the that best part. That is repulsive. I can't believe that. I, you, you know what? It's a, it's a simple game in, when you're a lineman, and it's, uh, you know what? You're just trying to break the guy's will yep. across from you. And uh, I, I, I said at one time, I said my goal was by the fourth quarter, if I wanted him to go right, he was going right. If I wanted him to go left, <laughs> he was going left. Because that, you know, that, that was your goal, was to just you know, make the guy not want to play anymore. Hey, Dan, I want you to tell a story, and we won't use any names or teams to pr- to uh, protect the innocent here. But wasn't there a game on the road where you guys were trailing and Conrad continually hit a guy in his jewels? <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you expect me to, to narrow it down to one game? No, no, no. no I'm just... <laughs> It seems like there was okay. The, put it this way: Were there tears in the guy's eyes at the end of the drive? Yeah, well, he did make a guy cry, and uh, yes, and I, I, I couldn't. But he was a defensive tackle for the Washington Redskins, and it was at RFK. And I actually looked at the guy who was on his knees and cried, and I actually and, and I, I, I actually said, "Oh my God, Conrad." You made him cry, and, and Conrad just had an expletive him. That's all. Yeah, that's it. yeah I, it takes takes a lot to make a defensive lineman in the NFL cry. Just continually play after play. I can't well, imagine. He, he made Merlin Olsen walk off the field and not come back. I mean, yeah. Well, Olsen wouldn't mention his name, right? No, Merlin did not like Conrad. I, now, 
I don't blame Merlin. If I was Merlin, <laughs> I wouldn't like Conrad either because Conrad had absolute. I mean, Merlin, this was his last year in the NFL. Merlin Olson, one of the greatest defensive players of all time and one of the best men I've ever known in my life. A wonderful, wonderful person. What Conrad did to him was just not nice. And it was, I, there was a part of me that felt bad for Merlin, uh, a small part, but a part, a part nonetheless. <laughs> uh, because I, I'd never seen Conrad get after anybody quite like he got after Merlin that day. It was, and then he, he knew he had Merlin on the ropes and, and, you know, Conrad was, uh, he was not much for letting a guy get up. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the other one that sticks out to me, Dan is uh, down the stretch. And I think, Coriel had already told Rich Coster that he didn't want to be back. You guys play Miami here, and I was actually for that day, I was sitting in the lower bowl for whatever reason. I'm usually in the upper bowl. But uh, against Miami, a 55-14 loss, and Conrad was furious and wound up throwing his helmet. Well, yeah, he did, and he ripped Hannafin's headset off. And <laughs> I now, I, and, uh, I have a disclaimer here. Uh, I, uh, I had broken my jaw uh, two weeks before that, and it had become infected. I actually watched that game from my hospital room uh, in Cardinal Carberry Suite at DePaul Hospital. Uh, so I had no part of that debacle at Bush <laughs> Stadium whatsoever. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think Bob Greasy threw uh, six touchdown passes or some crazy thing like that. Bob uh, Greasy threw six touchdowns. He threw six touchdowns. Not, any- not one of them, by the way, at Roger Worley. <laughs> you know, play, playing corner opposite Roger Worley was, uh, that That was like practicing against Conrad every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 50, yeah, six touchdown passes and that more. I, I just, A.J. Dewey, I, I hated that guy for the rest of, I, I guess I still hate him, Dan, because of the day that he had against you guys. But I just, well, I remember please, Conrad. Drop the drop the you guys. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. And that was uh, uh, that was was those that the bums? Was that those the bums? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, exactly. Was that the Matt Blair broken jaw? I thought that was earlier in yep. your career. Oh, it was. No, that was that was the Matt Blair broken jaw uh, two weeks prior to that, and uh, uh, it, my I, my wisdom teeth abscessed. Some infection got in my mandible, and that's that's your jaw for those of you that didn't go to medical school like I did. And anyway, <laughs> it, I I was hooked up to uh, uh, IVs, getting massive amounts of antibiotics uh, in the hospital. I was in the hospital uh, for five days. It was uh, not fun, but yes, I I watched that on TV. And when I when I saw Hannafin's headset go flying. I just went, oh, Conrad. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Not good. Okay, uh, Dan, before we let you go, this is one that we've heard before, but for those that haven't heard it, because Conrad played, we're we're 50 years out now uh, almost from from when when he played. And for those that haven't heard the Phyllis George story, it's necessary if we're going to tell the story of Conrad Dobler. Well, he was going to be interviewed – uh, again, playing into that whole thing. Phyllis George of, uh, from the NFL today was in St. Louis to interview Conrad. They, she actually, we were at Lindenwood College. They actually got 
a, a, a jail cell at the St. Charles County Jail where she was going to interview Conrad in a, in a jail cell. And so he's dolling. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got a new pair of jeans, a new shirt. Uh, he's got his hair all done. He's got his shirt on. He's got everything on except uh, he's got shoes, socks, everything. He's going to pull his pants on at the last minute. He didn't want them to get priests or whatever. I, I don't know. But when Jackie Smith and I see him in the, uh, at the sink uh, uh, using Pearl Drops tooth polish, that was it, it sent us <laughs> completely over the edge. Uh, and, and so we went to his locker and we cut off the one leg of his blue jeans. Um, <laughs> so Conrad comes out, puts on his pants, and all of a sudden a bare leg comes out uh, where there's a missing pants leg, and he went nuts. <laughs> he, we had these long benches in front of the lockers out there at Lindenwood. They had to be 8 or 10 feet long. Conrad picked one up and shot it across the room. It hit a clock. It hit a clock about eight feet off the floor. We, he just, he lost it. He went completely out of his mind. We had naked rookies running out of the locker room. <laughs> Everyone is fleeing for their life. Uh, and, and, of course, Jackie and I, we we walk uh, Conrad. What's wrong? I mean, we, we're talking him off the ledge, and and for years, for years, he tried to find out. And I got to tell you, we 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 kept him on the ropes for a long time, and then and that was I think in seventy seven, and and that, when I retired in nineteen eighty three, uh, Conrad had already retired, and he came to my last game at Bush Stadium. And uh, that night we had a gathering, and and he gave me a present. It was a box. I opened the box, and in the box were the blue jeans with the missing bag. <laughs> and he goes, "I know you did it." <laughs> and I said, "What are you talking about?" I said, uh, "Yeah, it was uh, it was priceless." The poor guy, he was a sweaty mess at the end of that uh, eruption and uh, so he had he borrowed Jackie's pants which were a little too small for him and he had to he had to go do this thing being completely constricted from the waist down and good he deserved it <laughs> amazing you guys had so much fun and uh, you relay the story so well dan we can't thank you enough for the time sorry about the loss for you uh, oh, uh, one, one i'm, of I'm sorry i'm sorry that he had a tough go the last uh, couple of years uh, conrad was uh, suffering mentally uh, uh, he you know uh, he donated his brain to the cte study uh, the Harvard study, and uh, I, I'm sure they're going to find that he was that he had advanced CTE at the end. Uh, it was really a problem. The good news is uh, we finally get to use the words Conrad Dobler's brain and Harvard in the same <laughs> sentence. And that's <laughs> 
You know, that was a real cheap shot, but he'd have done it to me if he had. He'd have done it to me if he had the chance. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And as when I texted you last week, Dan, as you, as you said, heaven got an awful lot more colorful with Conrad Dobler joining Jim Hannafin up there. Uh, isn't that the truth? That's the truth. God, God bless both of them. My life is a lot richer for having both of them in it, and uh, Conrad was like a brother to me. And it's uh, this will be a tough. Uh, it'll be a tough Saturday coming up here at his funeral over in Kansas City. Double D, thanks so much for the time. I always appreciate it. Uh, love you, and tell Debbie we said hi, yeah, and we'll talk soon. It. Thanks, Dan. You got it. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. Yeah, that's uh, the great Dan Deardorf, the Hall of Famer Dan Deardorf on 101 ESPN. That was fun. Unbelievable. Randy, just it's just the, the, the amount of time you spend with teammates and the stories that you have. It, it, you spend more time with them than you do with your family, and you all just, you know, those stories are, are lifelong memories that you mm-hmm. share and, and can always laugh. And remember when we cut your pants and you <laughs> you were throwing stuff all over the thing on locker room? You were, you were hot, huh? Yeah. Like, those memories, and he's like, I, I knew it was you. I, I, the whole time, I knew you did that to me. And it's just, you know, it, it's fun. It's it's just the things you do. We're, we're big children. You know, mm-hmm. we just yeah. have, you know, we play a game, we get paid money to do so, and we have fun with one another. And those stories last a lifetime. Classic. Thanks to Dan. He is he is a gem. And uh, I, I was telling somebody that texted me during the show, uh, he's one of my heroes. My f- very first night, my very first night as a full-time radio employee, I was producing Dan Dudorf's Sports Open Line mm. on KMOX. So uh, we've known each other forever, and uh, I can't thank him enough for coming on. Coming up, Gavin Lux is hurt. But if the Dodgers call you and you're the Cardinals, do you really want to trade Paul DeYoung? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. If you didn't hear the news, Dodgers shortstop Gavin Lux injured a knee a couple of days ago. Yesterday, he was pronounced out for the season with a torn ACL. And the first thing we thought of was, well, the Cardinals should be calling the Dodgers and seeing if the Dodgers need a shortstop that happens to make $9 million. Paul DeYoung is, at the moment, the Cardinals' backup shortstop. Brendan Donovan could fit that role, and so could Jose Fermin, who was acquired from Cleveland during the course of the offseason. But those are the only guys, C.D., Donovan and Fermin. Not that I would feel super comfortable if Tommy Edmond were to go down for a month or six weeks, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you this, I'd feel a whole lot more comfortable with Paul DeYoung's defense and the lack of offense that he has provided than the other guys if they had to play shortstop. If I'm the Cardinals and the Dodgers call about Paul DeYoung, I'm going to be rather hesitant about moving him because I, I'm not super confident in the alternatives in either Donovan or Fermin playing for six weeks. Well, what about uh, a Mason Wynn being brought up and having to move Edmund over to, to second base? You, you don't think that this early, if it were to happen, let's say in, in June or July, you would feel more comfortable at I that would. point. But if it happened in April or May. Yeah. If, you, if he gets hurt in the first week of the season, yeah. gets hit by a pitched ball and breaks a thumb, something mm-hmm. like that. Has happened to Cardinals before. Andres right. Galarraga, Tony Pena. So if that would be the case, 
yeah, I, I don't think that I would want to take the chance on breaking Mason Wynn, which you could do. Sometimes a guy is called up too early and he just gets overwhelmed. Sometimes Vince Coleman comes up and he takes off and winds up being a superstar. Right. But I just wouldn't be that confident in win. I would want to have somebody who's actually done it before. And this, by the way, for for a team that does expect to be competitive. Well, see, I I think that if you were if the the Dodgers were looking in the Paul DeYoung market, you you would have to make that move because I don't see a, a reason to have someone on the roster that is making nine million dollars a year that's not going to be playing every day or or you're waiting or or anticipating or maybe just seeing if someone else were to get hurt for him to get more time. I'm thinking if he's able to move right now, I'm comfortable with what you have in Tommy Edmond, Brendan, Brendan Donovan, and Nolan Gorman at, in between second and shortstop. I am comfortable with those guys. Plus, what I know Mason Wynn could bring up to the table. If one of them were to go down, let's say Tommy Edmond goes down mm-hmm. early, then now maybe you're you're looking at, a, at an issue because who you're going to play at shortstop. That's my that's concern. The, that's the concern. But if one of the other two go down... You know, well, either one can replace much. Donovan right. could replace Gorman. Gorman could replace right. Donovan, and it's possible, by the way, that Brendan Donovan. Remember, they didn't want to move Edmund to shortstop last year, and Donovan was playing shortstop right. a lot, so he could theoretically do it. But just I go on um, what I know, and I do know this: that as a defensive player, Paul DeYoung right now is more accomplished and more of a known quantity than Brendan Donovan is. By the way, the Cardinals also have Kramer Robertson as a non-roster player in camp. But I again, I don't know if you want to have him be your guy for 6 weeks. Let me ask you this. Is Tommy is uh is Paul DeYoung's defense better than Mason Wynn? Long-term probably not. So if you were if one of them were were to go down and and Paul DeYoung was no longer on the roster, would you feel comfortable? Because essentially you'd be getting the same thing from Paul DeYoung at the plate as you probably would from Mason Wynn with more, I guess, expectation or hope that Mason Wynn would eventually be able to turn it on and figure it out as opposed to what you've seen from Paul DeYoung. My only concern is bringing up Wynn too early and mm-hmm. having him get overwhelmed by Major League pitching and then just have him messed up in the head because the guy that hasn't dealt with adversity. And right. if he has to come up and play six weeks and deal with adversity for six weeks and then go back down... You can mess with a player's head. It has happened before. That would be my only concern. And by the way, they might feel completely confident in Wynn's ability. They they know his head. Right. So they, they might be completely confident in his ability to come up and do it. I'm just going on what I know. And because he hasn't played AAA ball yet, yep. that would be my concern. I, I feel like when you are a prospect that has had so much success or has had you know so much attention on you as Jordan Walker has as Mason Wynn has those guys generally are wired differently like they don't see pressure in the in the manner mm-hmm. that normal folks see pressure they they see it as opportunities so i don't know that that you know if you are that good or and have been that good your entire career you probably feel like the success is going to eventually come regardless of if you are struggling for 2 to 3 weeks yeah. in, in in a period in a span we should note by the way that if the Cardinals do trade Paul DeYoung, they aren't getting anything back in return for him. They're right. just taking $9 million bucks right. off the books, right. which they've already budgeted for. Mm. So that's what it'd be. Yeah. It'd just be a money trade. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. We're going to head down the stretch with Rock and Roll coming your way here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. 
text you to the uh, Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. AIDS discrimination, all caps. Randy and others who agree with him obviously have a problem with young people, with the Utes. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> what was that about? This might be a reaction from an hour and a half ago. What? I don't know. I got a problem with the Utes. You don't have a problem with the Utes, Randy. The Utes. You're, you're focusing on the little parts of the story. That's what matters. That's why eventually I came around and said Randy was right about the whole 830 consternation. Oh. You have a question for this? Still a loss of fight. Yes, I do. Okay, here we go. Uh, we've got Arch Madness tickets to give away. 101 ESPN, your chance to score a pair of single-session passes to the State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament that starts tomorrow. It's the 33rd annual MVC tournament hitting the court at Enterprise Center tomorrow through Sunday. Tickets for Arch Madness on sale now. Get all your details at 101ESPN.com, and you can win a pair of single-session passes right now by texting in to 314-399-9646, 314 Nine six four six. If you can be texter number fourteen, fourteen to uh, the text line with the answer to this question, which is in two thousand five when St. Louis held a different basketball tournament, the big one, the Final Four. In two thousand five when St. Louis held the Final Four, who walked away as champions of that NCAA tournament? Okay. Two thousand five when St. Louis held the Final Four. Sorry, Carrie. Who walked really? away as champions of that tournament? Okay, really. See if we can remember that. <laughs> really. Yeah. That's the that's the question you choose for today. It's a beautiful uh-huh. day. Uh-huh. We didn't have to we didn't have to Thank go there. You. Thank Thanks, you, Matthew. I'm just Very you know nice. it, having to be connected, and I thought yeah. it was a good question. Yeah. Nice. You would. Uh, by the way, had we had we had a little bit more time, <laughs> the rock and roll today was going to be and just just Google this for yourself. Jalen Carter is going to be in a little trouble here. That's not good. He is not at his 10:30 a.m. podium, or he probably will not be at his 10:30 a.m. podium appearance at the combine because he is now in trouble with Georgia law enforcement as they have discovered that he has. Been been lying to them the last few months about his placement during the fatal crash that killed a Georgia staffer and a Georgia teammate. Apparently, he was racing in a car with the Georgia staffer and teammate before their eventually fatal crash. He has lied to the police on three different occasions, saying he was behind the car, he saw the car's headlights, and that he was driving next to the car before driving away from the scene of the crime. Jalen Carter in a little bit of trouble here. This is a developing story coming out of Georgia. They have just now sent charges for reckless driving to the Solicitor General in wow. Athens County. And he's a top five pick. Absolutely. So so go ahead and go with that. This is going to be a Make. developing story over the next three day, three day, uh, few days. He's supposed to be at the Combine to start talk at 10.30 a.m. Uh, um, local he's, time he's there. He's missed that. That's why and we so, have Zoom. It's 11. So, yeah, he, he's already missed that. And, it, again, this is going to develop and probably get a little bit rough for Mr. Jalen Carter over the next uh, month or so before the draft. All right. It's, un- it's unfortunate. You you try to – I mean, the one thing as a young athlete, you just try to continue to tell them to make good decisions. As young people in general, just make good decisions. Yep. You know, it's tough to when you, when you are surrounded by, you know, a lot of people that are doing dumb things, mm-hmm. you have to be above that, when, especially when you have something ahead of you that is going to – you know, change your life in a positive way. I always go back to the logic class that I took in college. It was one of the ones I went to. And you have to ask yourself, okay, what is going to happen here? If I do this, then what uh, happens? And I know foresight is difficult for many. It's hard to think about because we're living in the moment. But yeah, sometimes you have to think about what the consequences of your actions are. Like, thinking that Dave Parker no, is the first million-dollar player in the history of pro sports. A great job today, almost, by our producer-engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Almost rock. I guess, I guess it was my pleasure. <laughs> CD? My man.
And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. you got to hear Dan Deardorff on our podcast. Just go to 101ESPN.com or the 101 ESPN app. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. Double D is awesome. And by the way, he got somebody sent him the photo of uh, the Great Wall of St. Louis. He's sending it to me, so I'll show it to you guys tomorrow. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us. Until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great hump day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.